Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing on YouTube, there's a form down in the description of this stream right now. You can go ahead and put your question down there, and I answer those in the order that they're received. And I'm also going to be pulling them out of the chat as well. But if you get into the form right now, you actually have a pretty good chance of getting your question answered here on the show today. So what are we doing? So today I'm talking about YouTube. I'm talking about things that you can do to get more views on YouTube, things that you can do to get more subscribers on your YouTube channel, things that you can do to get more revenue on your channel, things that you can do when it comes to collaboration collaboration and your mind state when it comes to being a content creator. We talk about all kinds of different things during this live stream. So because of that, if you are watching this on the replay or if you're listening to this in the podcast, which is now available at nimminlivepodcast.com, if you're listening to the podcast um, or watching it on the replay, feel free to skip around because as you can tell by the timestamp on this, it's a long stream. And because of that, we talk about all kinds of great things on here and it's all based around the questions that people ask during the stream. So it's kind of like a box of chocolates. You know, if we were talking about Forrest Gump, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you come into Nimmin Live in terms of the, you know, in terms of the specific information um, that we are sharing here uh, during the show today. So with all of that um, taken care of, I do want to let you know as well that this live stream that happens every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern is brought to you by TubeBuddy, the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. It'll help you test your thumbnails to make sure that what it is that you're doing is effective. In addition to that, they actually have 90 tools that will help you with your YouTube channel. You can try TubeBuddy for free at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin. Now, if you decide to upgrade, because they have free features and they have paid features, if you decide to upgrade, um, just as a heads up, if you have under 1,000 subscribers, they have a promotion where you get a discount um, if you have under 1,000 subscribers. And this stream, is also brought to you by StreamYard. StreamYard is what I use to live stream this every single Saturday, uh, like I said before, at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason I use StreamYard is because it does all of the hard stuff in the cloud in terms of, you know, it's really easy on my computer because all I have to do is send the stream there and then they handle everything. So if my stream goes down here locally, if I lose power, if I lose internet, anything like that, StreamYard has me covered and it keeps the stream live until I can get back to it. Now, in addition to that, they also allow you to add graphics on the screen where if you're watching this right now, you actually see, you know, a graphic on the screen, um, just like this one right here, where I show my uh, other podcast comments over coffee, um, which is another podcast that I have that you should listen to. But with StreamYard, um, it allows me to do all of these cool things. And it also allows me to bring in videos, add graphics. It allows me to pull in guests as well with just a few clicks. But you can try StreamYard at StreamYard.com or just go straight into the description because I got links down there for everything that I just talked about, as well as a bunch of other additional things that you, as a YouTube content creator, will find helpful. So, hope everybody had an awesome week. I know that I'm super fired up for the stream today, super excited to, you know, come in here and, uh, you know, just interact, right? Just have this conversation, interact, chat it up, talk to you guys, hope that everybody is doing fantastic. Um, I'm not sure if you, you know, during these live streams, I always talk about when we're closing them down at the end of the, uh, at the end of the stream, I always talk about just focusing on a thing um, between, you know, now and next week that we talk about so that you can, you know, just work on that thing instead of trying to do everything all at one time. So hopefully you did that. And in addition to that, I do want to let you know that because of the nature of the stream, because it is long, because we do talk about a lot of things, I also encourage you, if you have a notepad, if you want to take notes on your phone, whatever, to just go ahead and get that out so that you can have that available in the event 
that, you know, we talk about something that, uh, you know, to where it resonates with you. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I should try that on my YouTube channel. I should apply that to my YouTube channel. Or maybe I should look at my YouTube channel to see if that's something that I'm doing. Um, but basically being able to keep those notes will help you be able to get a lot more value out of the live stream that we're doing today. So Paul Peck drywall tube in the house. What is going on? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Anybody else that's here? I know Eileen Smith. What is going on? I hope that you're awesome. Nice to see you in here as well. Shark Scrapper. What's up? Big rig gaming. Nice to see you, Mr. Camera Junkie. What is going on? Um, so if you are new here and this is your very first live streams, give me a hashtag new. If you are old here, <laughs> I don't mean an age. I mean, like, you know, if you've been around for a while, just give me a hashtag old. I just kind of want to see, you know, where we're where we're at in terms of, you know, new people versus returning people. Um, so, you know, just give me a hashtag new or old so I can see, you know, what we're working with here. Now, um, what I'm going to do, there's a form down in the description. We got a lot of olds in here. We got some news uh, in here as well. A lot of olds though. Love it. A lot of olds. That's good. We got an old fart specifically. <laughs> Says Midnight Madness 4 by 4 Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. So we got, you know, a, a nice mix there. That's good. That's good. There's a lot of olds, you know, a lot of news. So um, for those of you that are new to the stream, um, I just want to, you know, welcome you, let you know that, you know, everybody here, you know, we're all YouTube content creators or, you know, the people that maybe are thinking about starting a YouTube channel. They're also hanging out here, but everybody here that's hanging out in this live stream, we all have an interest in YouTube and trying to understand YouTube in the best way that we possibly can so that we can get the results that we're after on YouTube or accomplish whatever goals it is that we have, even if that goal is simply just sharing subject matter with other people that are interested in the subject matter that you talk about. So you're amongst your people here. So feel free to network amongst each other. But I do want to let you know, um, just, you know, for those of you that are new, this is in no way, this is not a, you know, a subscribe exchange, you know, stream or anything like that. Um, that type of behavior actually is something that's frowned upon here. So just make sure that you don't do anything like that. But in terms of, you know, trying to find people to collaborate and just, you know, just getting to know other YouTube content creators, this is a great place to do it. So the very first thing that I'm going to do here is I'm going to hop into the form. Um, and right now, you know, since I reset it right before I went live, we've only got nine questions in there. So really good chance you get your question in there um, that we're going to be talking about it in the uh, in the stream today. Little Crafty Nook, what is going on? Hope that you are awesome. So uh, let's see here. So the very first one comes from Ryder Marcus Regis. And I think, uh, Marcus, I think this might be your uh, your your first question, actually, that I've seen here in the um, in the feed. And really quick, just because this is an easy question to uh, to answer before we get into yours, um, B4 Boom says, what microphone do you use now in front of you? So this microphone is a Shure SM7B. And uh, basically, I have this going. It has to attach to a cloud lifter in order to bring the noise up just a little bit. What a cloud lifter is, is it adds, I think it's 20 or 25 decibels of clean gain to the microphone. So it makes it a little bit louder. And then I have that routing into this thing right here, um, which is a Rode Procaster. And then that's doing all of the processing and things like that on the, on the back end. I'll give you a better view of that right here. So the Rode Procaster is here. This is what the microphone is going to. And this allows me to be able to trigger, Super you know, sound track. effects and, you know, that kind of stuff as well as be able to, you know, process the audio on the fly. So that's what's going on there. So, okay. So getting into the question here, Lil Crafty Nook says she just put something in the form. Super, super cool. So um, back to Marcus Regis here. Uh, the type of channel is writing and world building. Cool. And the goal of the channel is to share my perspectives on writing and uh, world building and make friends and connections. Um, question. I see a lot of advice to respond to comments in a way that encourages conversation, but I'm incredibly introverted and I feel super awkward about that. So I tend to mostly go for thank you or glad I could help where it's relevant. Any advice on how to step up my game in this area? 
great question. And I think this is the first time that this specific thing has ever been talked about. We talked about how to manage a lot of comments, things like that. But I don't think if we've ever, the entire time that I've been doing these live streams, uh, Marcus, um, I don't think that we have ever talked about this side of things. Like, hey, you know, I'm getting all these comments. I'm an introvert and I feel weird about, you know, about, you know, replying to all these comments. Uh, let me know here, you know, in the chat, you know, for those of you watching right now, uh, you know, do you feel weird, you know, about answering your comments? Is it something that you're comfortable with? You know, is it something where it's like, yeah, you know, it's not, not, you know, I don't care either way. Um, but if you are, you know, introverted, yeah, I'd just be curious to know, you know, like how many, you know, how many of you also deal with this, uh, this situation as well. So when it comes to, when it comes to um, answering your comments, especially as an introvert, and I know it might not look like it, but I do want to let you know, like I'm, I'm introverted as well. Like, you know, when I go someplace, depending on the place, of course, but when I go to the place, um, you know, like if I'm at, if I'm invited to a party, I go into that party and I know like one or two people there, then, you know, like I'm gravitating towards those one or two people. I'll hang out with them until somebody comes and talks to me every now and then I'll get the courage to, you know, go up and just enter a, a circle of people talking. But for the most part, I'm an introvert too. But I've also found just through going to conferences, meeting tons of YouTubers and all that, that a lot of other YouTubers, like it's common to be, you know, introverted as a YouTube content creator because we're comfortable in our, in our environment. But then when we get out into the world, then everything gets all, you know, a little, I won't say all weird, but it gets, you know, a little bit weird um, in some, in some cases. So because of that, um, you know, like I feel you is what I'm getting at. But uh, for those of you that have this issue, the, um, the, the thing that, that is important to think about here is just kind of like the perspective um, or your mind state when you are dealing with comments. So one of the things that is important is when you are looking at your YouTube channel, Viper in the house, man about tech, what's up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Tinkerman Mick, hope that you're also doing great. Viper. So when it comes to um, answering your comments, one thing um, that, that you wanna think about is that, you know, a lot of times when we're publishing content, we're looking at like numbers and we're looking at those numbers as numbers and not people. We're looking at our view counts and subscriber counts and all that. And we also look at comments like, hey, you know, these are random, you know, people that are on the Internet. And and when we look at things that way, it kind of disconnects us from the humanity on YouTube, right? That we're actually interacting with people like all over the world from all different walks of life and that are, you know, that are doing their own thing. Some of them are introverted. Some people are extroverted and all that. So when it comes to your comment section, I think the very first step in overcoming that is to just look at your comment section and be like, you know, these are these are people that care enough about this content to say something. You know, if it's great video, if it's a question about your video, if it's, you know, a deeper thing that they, you know, talk about your video, all of those things are them putting in that extra effort to have that conversation with you. And for some of them, they might have actually struggled to leave that comment, too. But one thing that you can do is you can look at it like, hey, you know, this person put in this extra energy. So the least I can do is try to, you know, nurture that through the comment section by giving them a reply. So one thing that is really common is, you know, of course, you're going to, over time, you're going to end up getting a lot of comments on your channel. And some of them, you're just going to have to say thanks, right? So, hey, thanks, appreciate it. Uh, you know, hey, glad you enjoyed the content, you know, that kind of stuff. But for the other people to where you do open up the conversation, then in that case, just all you have to do is just say like, if they're like, Hey, you know, great video, then you can say something like, you know, Hey, thanks. What was your favorite part about that video? If you wanted to, you know, expand that conversation. And then by doing that, what you're doing is you are treating them just as a human um, on the internet. But I think another thing, in addition to that is being an introvert, you might think like, you know, Hey, I'm just uncomfortable because you know, what if I say something dumb or like, what if, you know, I offend that person in some way or something like that. So I encourage you to just kind of roll the dice on it and take the risk because I can promise you this, that eventually, 
once you go in, you start, you know, answering a comment or answering your comments every day. One of the things that you're going to run into is you're going to be like, okay, you know what? I'm, this is part of my routine, part of my habit when it comes to my YouTube channel. And it's going to become something that you do normally. And then it's going to not be as big of a deal anymore, but you got to push yourself through that initial part of just getting over that hump of, you know what? Like, let's do it this way. If we, if we pull this back a little bit, so the people are leaving a comment that just watch your YouTube videos. So right out of the gate, those people are people that already, you know, they, unless they're, unless they're being mean to you in the comments, those are people that already think positively of you, or at least the content that you're putting out in some way. So because of that, like you've already got that. So you've got, you know, one point uh, in your favor, so to speak. So the next step in that is to, of course, you know, just reply to that comment in order to, you know, try to, uh, you know, just treat that person as a human, right? <laughs> so in order to try to treat that person as a human um, for the sake of them leaving uh, the comments as well. Like on my YouTube channel, um, we try to make sure that every comment that comes through my channel is answered and, uh, and you know, people appreciate it. Like I'll get people that will uh, send me emails because they'll be like, man, you know, most people, you know, most bigger channels, they don't answer comments and things like that. And, uh, and you know, those, those, that extra effort to make sure that comments get answered uh, really goes a long way. People will even say that in the comment section sometimes. So just getting into that habit as a YouTube content creator, knowing that it's going to be something that you're going to be doing for quite some time, um, uh, getting into that habit now and just trying to like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to answer all my comments today since it's, it kind of stresses me out a little bit. So instead of that, let me just go. Let me just go and answer like three or four comments. And the ones that I don't answer, let me just leave a heart. And if you're really uncomfortable and you're like, Nick, that sounds great, but I'm just, I, I just can't, you know, get over that hump, then at the very least, just go in and leave a heart so that the people that are leaving comments know that, you know, that you've acknowledged their comment and then it wasn't wasted. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that helps. Um, Denal Jones right here says, um, I always make sure to comment back. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely, you know, it's, it's a courtesy. You know, um, Mark Hay and the boy says I'm an introvert, um, but I love comments for now. I'm pretty sure that it gets overwhelming when you're a big channel. It can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, another thing, too, is like, you know, some content creators, some content creators will be like, you know, hey, I'm just going to publish my stuff and I don't care, you know, whatever. And for me, I'm like, you know, these are people that are like interacting with your stuff. Like they're coming into your videos. They're liking your videos. Like, why wouldn't you try to answer as many comments as you can, as long as it, you know, doesn't get too out of hand. Like, you know, why wouldn't you try to interact with people, um, you know, if possible, just because, you know, they are, you know, putting in that effort and they are the people that are enjoying your content. Because, you know, I guarantee you that the channels that don't answer comments, I bet when they were first getting started, they did. <laughs> right. Tinkerman, Nick. Super Nick, chat. sorry. Thank you for the super chat, my man. I appreciate it for the super sticker. And um, in addition to that, we got triathlon training super tips with Coach John. Um, says, I've used your suggestions to use alternate monetization, opened up spread shop and selling uh, training plans. Uh, need a service for selling the plans. Um, okay, so for the plans, you can use SellFi. Um, with that service, um, that will allow you to just upload the plans themselves and then people can pay to download those plans directly through there. Um, now I know with, uh, spread shop, I don't know about spread shirt, but I know spread shop. Oh, that's what you said actually. Um, so I think spread shop allows digital, um, things as well. Um, I'm not, don't, don't like quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that they do. Um, but if they don't, then in that case, um, I would use Selfie. um, to get to that. You just go to, uh, just look for S E L L. F Y um, dot com, I believe is what it is, um, in order to find that. 
Okay, so let's see here. Why am I getting more views when I started my channel? Um, because you're publishing content, I guess. Um, you know, that'll definitely, you know, help you get more views for sure. Um, let's see here. So Joshua does YT vid says, Hey Nick, I've reached a hundred subs. Um, it's all thanks to you. You've taught me a lot from your videos, and now I've reached my first milestone. High five and fist bump to you, Joshua. And uh, congratulations, man, on crossing that uh, milestone. So just a heads up, um, when it comes to YouTube, you can get a custom URL. Um, that basically means that when somebody puts in youtube.com slash your channel name, um, that it's just going to redirect to you instead of that big long string of numbers that you normally and, and letters that you normally have to do. Um, so because of that, when the notification pops up, it'll take about a week sometimes too. Um, when that notification pops up, make sure that you secure the, the, the name. And before you do, um, I really recommend that you also just look at your YouTube channel name and you think to yourself like, okay, for the next like five years, um, is this, you know, what I want to be known by for the next 10 years? If everything, you know, just keeps going awesome on YouTube, is this something that I want to be known by? If the answer is yes, then stick with it. If the answer is, eh, I don't know, then in that case, you know, get to work on trying to, you know, make sure that um, your, you know, channel name is something that you are, uh, you know, something that you dig. Um, let's see here. Hey, Big Rig Gaming, I appreciate it. Okay, so, um, so yeah, so congratulations to you on the, uh, on the first 100 subscribers. Okay, so uh, let's see here. So from the form here, writing and word building. Okay, so okay, yeah, we get we got that one taken care of. So let's go ahead and move on to the next question here. This is from Wisco Ted. Wisco Ted, and I'm going to answer this one next here. Um, Wisco Ted says uh, they do gaming Apex Legends content. The type, the goal of the channel is to upload 100 crappy videos, network with more in this amazing community, and become full time. And the question. Um, how do you hold yourself accountable and make sure you complete your goals? I know a lot of it is self-driven. Um, I know, I also know that it's important to have accountability partner in the YouTube space. Um, I'm new to the space, but I am in the Niminati, which is amazing. Thank you for that. I'm glad that you're enjoying the community. The Niminati is amazing. We have a lot of really awesome uh, people that that hang out here that, you know, that are here, you know, almost every single Saturday. So we have an awesome community here. Um, but basically, um, when it comes to um, holding yourself accountable um, on, you know, YouTube or anywhere, um, having strong goals, not, not just, uh, you know, like, Hey, I want to get like this number, uh, like, Hey, I want to get a thousand subscribers. I want to make, you know, X amount of dollars, but like, those are, those are like surface level goals. They're important, but they're surface level goals. Instead, try to find something that drives you. Like, for example, the thing that drives me is that I know that, you know, there's some people that are watching this stream. If not today, maybe they'll watch some on the replay. If not watching on the replay, maybe one person will listen to this stream in podcast format. Um, or, you know, maybe you're hanging out in this stream right now and you might get something out of this live stream that then you start applying it to your YouTube channel or it helps you understand what's going on here in YouTube in a better way to where you start getting results from what it is that you're doing to where hopefully once your channel starts doing well, since, you know, you see, like we were just talking about here, the importance of answering your comments because they're people and, you know, all that good stuff. Hopefully that, you know, once you start getting traction on your YouTube channel, that you'll also remember things like that and that you just are that kind of person and you have that kind of approach and that you also try to, you know, put positivity out there and try to help others in some kind of way. So for me, this is more, you know, about an impact thing. And when I first started, it wasn't. When I was first getting started, you know, I came into this as a way to generate email addresses. And I also eventually came into it and I was like, hey, um, if I want to go full time, I got to make money. 
So since I, you know, had to take that approach, then I was like, you know, hey, you know, money was a goal. Um, but then, you know, once I, you know, started making some money, then I was like, all right, I got to completely reassess everything it is that I'm doing um, because, you know, the money by itself isn't going to be the thing that that's going to, you know, get me fired up to sit here and live stream for three hours. <laughs> right. So because of that, you know, you got to go for something deeper um, and you go for something deeper so that, you know, you are actually driven by that thing. And then, of course, another thing is just discipline in general. And, and just, you know, prioritizing things. So we all have, you know, the same amount of time every single day. Um, some people do awesome things with that time. Some people, you know, slack with that time. And, uh, you know, when it comes to us, we have to, you know, make sure that we are disciplined in what it is that we're doing and that we also set that goal that makes what it is that we're doing important enough to be driven to do it or to see that goal through. Um, so, so that's my thoughts on, you know, uh, you know, keeping yourself account or holding yourself accountable and keeping yourself, uh, keeping yourself driven. So our next question comes from, hey, what's up, Tom Nash? Hope you're doing great, man. Um, the next question comes from uh, Spidey Frank. Says, hey, Nick, what does the uh, what does effective views by uploading, wait, what does effective views by uploading daily as a small YouTuber? So um, how you can be impacted by uploading daily is this. So I'm, I'm gonna unpack this a little bit and, um, and just let you know kind of how things work a little bit. So when you're first getting started, the advantage of making a lot of videos is that as long, like if you're just making videos and throwing them up there, then you're not doing yourself you know, much good. Um, unless people are already responding in a great way to those videos. But if you're the type of person that's like, hey, I'm gonna upload this video and I'm gonna see how this video does, I'm gonna learn from it, um, I'm going to pay really close attention to what it is that I'm doing in my editing and I'm gonna pay close attention to how I think my videos are and try to make them better until I can get people, you know, watch my videos. And then with every thumbnail and title that you make with all those new uploads, as long as you're paying attention, you're going to grow over time because you're going to be putting out, um, you're going to go over a short amount of time because you're putting out a lot of content, which means that your skill sets are constantly being flexed. That also means that since you're putting out a lot of content, that your uh, that your abilities in terms of what it is that you can do um, are getting stronger and your understanding is, is getting deeper. And then um, by doing that over and over again, you're just getting stronger in the skill sets. Now, in terms of what it does for your YouTube channel, if you are putting out content and that content, you know, performs well and you're doing, you know, twice a week, then in that case, if people respond positively to your videos, then you then you can upload more if you want to. But one thing that I just encourage you to think about when it comes to uploading daily content is that, you know, it can be something that kind of impedes on your life. So because of that, just make sure that your goal and the thing that drives you for uploading daily content is important enough to sustain you for, you know, years to come because you're going to be doing this for quite some time. So because of that, you know, it's really important to not look at it from the standpoint of just, hey, if I'm uploading them, I'm going to get more views. Of course, you're going to get more views as long as people respond to your content because you are putting more content out there. But keep in mind, some types of content also can just be too much. Like if you're if you're covering something like, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but if you're covering, you know, one type of content um, to where, you know, like there's just not much going on there, no real reason for people to keep coming back every day and watching your watching your stuff, um, then in that case, you know, it can kind of work against you. Um, but if people are coming back because they, you know, love your personality or you're just using all of those videos to try to, you know, to secure good search positions or just have a lot of content out there that will pull people in, as long as the content that you're making is effective, it can be fine. Um, but if you are just uploading a lot of content for the sake of uploading a lot of content, that's where it starts to work against you. Um, because in that case, you're going through all this effort, putting in all this time, you're like doing the thing, but the 
the mass uploading of content that isn't great is creating an archive of content that people don't respond to, which means that the channel is going to, you know, have a hard time uh, getting moving because you're not focused on the skill development side and getting better. You're more focused on, you know, just, just publishing content, which is okay. If you're in that, you know, first 100 videos or so phase so where you're just like, Hey, I'm publishing a lot of content right now because I'm just trying to, you know, learn how to edit my videos better. And in order to edit my videos better, I need to publish a lot so that I can, you know, sit in front of the computer and work on my videos a lot. Right. So, uh, so, you know, the skill set side of publishing, um, a lot really, really comes, uh, you know, can come invaluable. But the Z family says quality over quantity. Sure. And just mixing the two also, you know, like getting yourself to the point to where you can make quality content and then deciding from there. Say, okay, you know what? When I publish this video, if it's once a week or twice a week or three times a week or monthly, people respond to this in a way that satisfies me and to where I'm like, yeah, this is great. You know, if I can just keep doing this, then then it's fine. Um, or if I can keep doing this plus, you know, just learn to do things better so that I can grow with that one video per month, um, then, you know, that's fine also. But, um, you know, when it comes to the quality, absolutely, you know, the the viewers are the ones that the judges on, you know, what's quality. So because of that, you know, once you do find that thing that viewers respond to with your type of content, doubling down on that and, you know, putting that out on a regular basis is definitely something that you want to make sure that you are, um, you want to make sure that you're doing. Super track. BMFVR says, hey, Nick, great stuff. Just wanted to say I've been uh, watching for a long time, um, and it's been a huge help growing my channel. Um, by the way, I do a spy VR headset in the background. Oh, do I spy? Uh, tried the Quest 2. Yeah, so basically what I have back here. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So got the Quest on this hand, and then I've got the Quest 2 on this one. I actually just charged these. I haven't played in a while. I just charged these up because uh, my girlfriend and I, um, actually after the stream tonight, um, I'm going to set this one up for her so that uh, so that we can play like, uh, you know, beat maker together and, and that kind of stuff too. I'm going to hit this real quick. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. And it's funny because of VR, we have this thing, right? To where we have this like little area outside. There we go. So once we start playing together, um, then, you know, depending on how that goes, um, then, you know, in that case, uh, you know, if we, if we really enjoy it, then we'll probably turn it into a VR room because we meditate, we meditate normally downstairs anyway. Okay. So, um, it should, is it back on now? Okay. No sound, no sound, no sound. Okay, so let me know if that works. Are we back? Are we back? Are we back? Is it okay? Is are we doing all right? <laughs> Still can't hear. Still none. Zero. Oh, we are back. Okay, we're back. Yes. Woo! We are back. We made it. Okay. 
So yeah, so basically, um, every now and then, I, I, I'm sure if you've hung out in these streams at all, you've heard me talk about the power flickers that we get from time to time. They're just like we're really small power flickers, and uh, when that happens, then uh, then yeah, it can cause a uh, it causes this to get disconnected from that for whatever reason. Brian G. Johnson in the house. What is up, my friend? I hope that you are doing fantastic today. So, okay, so we got that taken care of uh, here on the audio. Thank you for the heads up on that. that. Wouldn't it have been funny if I would have just sat here and talked for the next three hours? You know, if you guys were just like, hey, shh, don't say anything, right? I would just sit here and talk for the next three hours and then people just sit there and laugh. Be great. <laughs> okay, so uh, next question that we have here on this list um, is from Yoga Bliss Dance. Yoga Bliss Dance says they do a meditation. Oh, let me go back to this um, super chat really quick. He says, um, watching the videos for a long time to help with the channel. Do I spy the VR headset? Yeah, so the Quest 2, I think that's the one that I have there, um, I believe. Um, if it's not, then uh, then I'll probably end up getting a Quest next time I go back to the States because um, I'm in Asia. And over here, uh, you know, with import and all that stuff, things are, are overly inflated for some tech and VR is one of them. Um, so because of that, I'll wait until I go to the States if they have another Quest. All right. So uh, let's see here. So Yoga Bliss Dance says they do meditation mindset um, content. And the goal of the channel is to help women go for dreams as leaders and teachers. And the question is, I tried to connect with popular video and famous person who made that topic. Um, that is an interest of my subject area and the video didn't do any better than usual. Any tips for pointers to broaden my reach beyond uh, my small target group um, the way the plumber did? Uh, you're talking about Roger, the expert plumber. So here's the thing, like when you're doing um, meditation related content, um, like in, in Roger's case, he can react to crazy um, happenings in, in plumbing, right? Um, with meditation, like of all things, like with meditation, the odd thing with meditation in terms of doing reaction videos is there isn't a ton of stuff to react to in terms of um, like the only thing you could technically do is go after other people that are talking about meditation, at least off the top of my head. I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a solution, um, but uh, off the top of my head it's going after, you know, like doing some, uh, like watching some other person's video where they're recommending stuff and you're in there like, oh yeah, I don't know why they'd recommend that. But you know, if you're somebody that meditates, you already know that that's just not the type of person that you are. And you're probably not going to do that because it doesn't add anything good to the world. Right. So because of that, um, uh, what I would do is I would, actually just work on the content itself because what you don't want to do, especially if you're just getting started right now, what you don't want to do is you don't want to um, say, okay, we're going down this road and this is what I'm trying to do. And this is the content that I'm making. You don't want to necessarily switch paths before um, you get people to respond to your content. So I'm actually going to open up your YouTube channel here really quick. I'm going to look and see kind of what's going on. Um, and when I look at the channel, I will be there we go. Um, when I look at the channel, yeah, like with the with the views that you're that you're getting, like you got a big subscriber base. So you know you've got twenty thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel. So that means that you know people are positively responding to you and what it is that you're doing. And congratulations, high five, fist bump to you on the twenty thousand subscribers. But people are responding to what it is that you're doing. But obviously, you know you want things to go faster. You want the numbers to you know get bigger on all the content that you're putting out. So what that's going to come down to in your case specifically. Um, is it's going to come down to how you're putting your content together, how you're titling everything, um, and you know, or how you're putting your your content together and how you're actually packaging it up from the perspective of thumbnails and titles so that you can actually get people to click on what it is that you're doing more and then enjoy the content more. Um, in your case, specifically, um, I would be paying really close attention in your audience retention reports to exactly how people are responding to what it is that you're doing. Because right now... Does it mean if you oops, feel... You like right now, um, I just opened up this video 
And um, like, as I'm watching through this video, like you're, you're, you know, sitting here talking and you do have like a little bit of B-roll, you know, coming up. Um, but one thing that, you know, you, you want to think about is you want to think about, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into my audience retention reports in your case specifically. Um, and you're a channel member, so we can talk about this in the Facebook group too. Um, but what you want to do is you want to go and you want to, um, you want to go into your, your audience retention reports and you want to look and you want to see all the different things that you're doing. So, you know, for example, I see this little part right here where you had the, um, thing about the, uh, it says though in 20 years, um, there's now more a mystical spiritual aspect, uh, to battles, I think is what that says. Um, but, and then you have like the avatar, uh, you know, imagery after that. Um, but basically like when it comes to putting your, your videos together, it's, it's more than just adding B-roll, right? So it's, you know, how you're communicating to the camera. Um, like when I'm looking, I have a screenshot, I'll actually show you, show it to you right here on my screen. And like in this particular screenshot, um, you are kind of looking off to the side. I actually won't show it, but you're you're looking off to the, you know, like you're looking at maybe at your viewfinder possibly um, instead of looking at the actual lens. Um, but, you know, you want to make sure like in your case, yeah, you are you're looking at the viewfinder, I think. But you want to make sure in your case that, you know, like it's meditation people that are coming in and interacting with your content. Um, and, you know, I would say demographically people that are into meditation, you know, they're into connection and, you know, all of those things. So because of that, um, I would really, you know, just look really hard down the, you know, down the lens of the camera and create that, you know, create that connection. Um, because, you know, the, you know, like your community, um, you know, like that's, I mean, you know, you know, the, you make this type of content, like you get it, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, so, you know, just thinking of that, but also just using your audience retention reports to just pay really close attention to what it is that you're doing. So if you wouldn't mind, and you can do this privately, you know, cause you're a channel member. So, um, if you want to send it to me on Facebook and, and a message, if you don't want it shown publicly, that's okay. Um, but I, I would love to see um, just a screenshot, like an audience retention report of one of your videos. And just by looking at that, um, you know, I'll be able to, you know, just give you some general, you know, uh, uh, tips on, you know, like, hey, you have a problem point here. You have a problem point here. You have a problem point here. This is, you know, a pretty good spot right here. Pay attention to what you did there. So I can kind of, you know, map it out for you um, in that situation. But, uh, you know, you can drop it in the group if you want. Um, or, you know, you can feel free to just message me that as well. Uh, let's see here. So uh, as we keep on going through this list, um, I'm going to pull this next one here out of um, out of the chat. So if you have a question for me, put a Q in front of your question, or you can just write question, whatever. Um, but basically by putting that Q, um, that lets me know that your question is for me and that it's just not, you know, a conversation, side conversation that you're having in the chat. So uh, because of that, go ahead and drop your questions. And I'm just going to pick a uh, a random one here um, as we're going. Brian G. Johnson co-signing on that said, uh, you know, what Nick is talking about right now is incredibly important. Um, in fact, it's the most important thing, delivery for the win. Delivery, absolutely. I'm talking about like pizzas. I'm talking about, you know, ordering maybe some Subway, you know, delivery for the win. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the best, okay, this is, a, this is an interesting question. So what's the best subject to do YouTube videos on? This is actually a really easy one to answer. The best subject to do YouTube videos on is the subject that you care about most. Um, the subject that you care about the most and that you are wanting to get, connect with other people on and that you're wanting to just talk about it all the time and you're wanting to share what it is that you know about that subject with other people. Like, when people come onto YouTube, they'll ask questions like this. Like, you know, hey, what's the, you know, what type of video should I make in order to get the most views? That's, that's a very, uh, if you're just getting started, like that's a, a very, uh, uh, 
unfocused approach. And the reason that I'm saying that is because if you're coming in and you're just going to make content for the sake of, you know, like the, like, Hey, I'm making this type of content because supposedly it gets more views. Um, then what's going to happen is you might get, you might start that channel and everything might start going great. But then like a year down the road, six months down the road, three months down the road, two years down the road, whatever it happens to be, you're going to look yourself in the mirror and you're going to be like, oh man, I don't even know why I started this channel. I mean, I'm getting views and stuff, so that's cool. But you know, like I, I don't even like making this content. I like talking about it and, and, and you'll start getting jaded. Right. Uh, and, and you'll end up unhappy because you know, you're making stuff that you don't, uh, you don't care about. And the important part of that is just the sustainability, right? The sustainability, the long-term thing. Like when I look at YouTube with every video that I publish, with every, you know, piece of advice that I give with everything that I do on YouTube, I look at like the long thing, right? The long haul. And the reason for that is because I've burned out in the past on another channel. So I know what that's like. And because of that, you know, I'm really intentional with what it is that I do, uh, what it is that I do on my channel to make sure that I maintain up here as well as, you know, of course, you know, uh, just putting out the content and all that. So uh, let's see here. Super uh, Romeo No Juliet TV says, um, hey, I have a hip hop and world news YouTube channel. Sometimes three to four stories will break on the same day. Would that hurt my algorithm for overposting? Um, also for my niche, what is a good frequency to post videos? Um, okay, so in your case, um, just as a heads up, if three to four stories break per day and you make a video on all four, um, according to YouTube um, on the Creator Insiders channel, and everybody here should watch that YouTube channel and every video that they publish, but according to YouTube on the uh, Creator insiders channel um they only put out three notifications per day per channel so what that means is if you publish that fourth video that particular video might like you might put in a lot of effort there but then you don't get to reap the rewards of it because it doesn't you know it's not going to get you know notifications aren't going to go out so you know the viewers on youtube might be okay with it but in terms of you know those initial notifications going out um you know that part is going to be limited so keep that in mind um but if you have stories that are you know if you're like hey i'm making three videos a day on just breaking stuff all day then if you have the time to do that and that's the type of news that you're doing then then do it do three do three videos a day if you notice though like hey i'm doing these three videos a day and like nothing's happening one thing that i do recommend is that you actually scale back and by scaling back that means doing it every two days maybe even once or twice a week and basically just focusing your energy on making a really great piece of informational content about the news that has happened that week um so that you can uh you know test that and see if you end up getting a better results. And the reason I'm telling you that is because I worked with someone who also did daily news. And on in their case, they were uploading three videos per day and uh, they were doing, you know, like a, a video, like every, you know, uh, I think it was going like daily, I believe is what they were doing. Um, and then they went to three times per day and immediately all the stats went up and it was like, hey, this is great. But then after like a period of time, it just kind of stagnated. Nothing he did would, you know, get him out of that, you know, that window for view counts. So we're like, hey, you know, let's scale it back a little bit. And then he started publishing less. And as soon as he started publishing less, he changed the format too. But as soon as he started publishing less and he changed the format of, of how he was doing things, uh, his, you know, like now he gets, you know, he gets a lot of views on his videos. He actually gets more views over the course of the month now doing less content. So, you know, keep that in mind as well. But in your case, because you're, you're doing hip hop and, and that's really popular, right? So because of that, um, you know, try three times a day. Keep going with that if that's what you're doing. But I would also experiment with like once a day. Um, you know, I would experiment with doing it every other day and see with your type of content, with the people that YouTube is showing your content to, see if you notice, hey, you know, if I do this, uh, you know, three times a week versus daily, I actually end up getting, you know, a higher amount of total views by doing it that way. Um, but I would experiment with with both. Um, so you can see for the people that 
that YouTube is showing your content to, um, which ones they respond to better. Now, a couple things to keep in mind is you can just do this over the course of like a month. You can say, okay, um, you know, for, for the next two weeks, I'm going to do my three videos a day for the two weeks after that, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do, you know, uh, you know, a video per day and see, you know, if you notice any difference there. And if that difference is, you know, impactful right away to be like, whoa, I just took a huge hit by doing this. Then of course, you know, you can always ramp it back up. Um, but you know, experimentation on YouTube is really important. Even little things, like, you know, when you go into your YouTube channel, if you're doing news content, um, when you go into your YouTube channel and you notice that, you know, hey, for whatever reason on Tuesday, like my views, I just take it, I just take a hit on Tuesday. Then in that case, just upload less on Tuesday, <laughs> right? Upload less on Tuesday and then put your effort into the other days. If you notice that, hey, you know, I'm doing this daily content or three times daily. And um, the only days that seem to be winners, regardless of what it is that I'm talking about, are like a Monday and a Wednesday. Then in that case, you might just want to scale everything back and just publish a video on or, you know, three videos on Monday, three videos on Wednesday, and then just kind of chill out the rest of the week. Right. So, um, you know, just paying attention to what's going on in your stats is going to be a really big thing for you specifically. And I would also make sure that you're paying attention to um, the graph inside of your YouTube analytics that shows you when your viewers are online the most. Um, and the reason that you want to do that is because if you're releasing content that's on trend and your viewers are interested in things that are on trend, you want to make sure that you're pushing that content out when your viewers are online. So you don't want to just put out a piece of content because it's like, hey, my schedule is three times a day. I need to get this third video out. If you're like, hey, you know, it's kind of at the end of that cycle for the day, then just let it roll. Right. Just don't do that. You know, don't do that additional uh, video in that case. That's the approach that I would. That's the approach that I would take. Uh, OK, so next up on our list, we've got Golden Solution. Golden Solution Super says, hey, from the UK, um, how do you switch your different cameras? It looks good. Thanks. Um, I appreciate the kind words. Thank you. So when it comes to the cameras, all the stuff that I have going on, um, I have this box right here. Um, let me see if I can do this without knocking the thing off over there. There we go. So I have these boxes right here. Um, so this right here, this is called an turn that right there. <laughs> so this box right here, um, this is called an ATEM uh, Mini Pro ISO. This one's just an ATEM Mini. Um, so this one right here, this basically works as my webcam. So anything I plug into this, this is plugged into the computer. Anything that I plug into this, um, it allows me to switch between these and it has soft software that comes with it to where I can program different scene switches. So I can say, go to this scene and hold it for, you know, X amount of time, then go to this, hold it for X amount of time, go to this, hold it for X amount of time, go back to this for this amount of time, then switch to this for this amount of time. Um, but it allows me to automate that. So I don't have to be hands-on unless it's an example like this. Um, but basically, uh, this is the ATM Mini Pro ISO. You only need this if you are going to be recording because it records all the inputs at one time. Um, this one here is way cheaper. This one locally was like over a thousand dollars. This one here is like 300 bucks. Um, and with this one, it does all the stuff that this one does for the most part, with the exception of um, this one does not let you record into the device itself. So, you know, if you're looking into doing something like this, um, you definitely want to at least get this, but you can, you know, you can also do it uh, with this to where then that way everything's like automated and, you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, think about um, too much. You don't have to think about um, all of the stuff that is, uh, you know, that's going on in your stream. Let me move that back into the right spot. Hit this, make sure that that logo's showing and we are good to go. All right. 
Okay, so uh, let's see here. Next up on the uh, list. So I'm going to pull this next one here out of the form, and then we are going to jump back into um, the chat for another question. So this one, we got Yoga Bliss Dance taken care of. So this next one here is from Spidey Frank. And uh, Spidey Frank says, the goal of the channel is to create useful tutorial videos. And the question, what views does it affect uploading daily as a small YouTuber? I pulled that one directly out of the chat already. So we will move on to there. This one is from uh, Roman Afoni. <laughs> says, uh, they do educational channel. The goal is to share my knowledge about romance languages for free. And the question, the amount of views I get per video is decrease, uh, decreasing. Why might that be? So if your view counts are decreasing, it's decreasing because people are not responding to your content like they used to respond to your content. Just because you publish a video does not mean that people are going to respond to your videos the same way that they responded to your other videos. The way that you see this in real life practice is by going into your YouTube analytics and they're going to show you, hey, this video performed uh, in that quick that quick glance card, it's going to say, Hey, you know, this video performed, uh, you know, number three compared to the last 10 videos that you've done, um, out of, you know, the last 10 videos you've done this video performed at number eight, that kind of stuff. Um, but basically when you're publishing your content, it's really important to pay attention to not only each individual video and just look at it from the perspective of, you know, like, Hey, this got less views, but also looking at it and saying, okay, well, if normally my videos get this and this is getting this, why is that? Is it because of the topic of the video itself? Maybe it's not something that's as in tune with my audience or the people that are the most interacting with my content. Um, maybe if I compare a high performing video to that video, um, maybe people aren't clicking on it, which could be the topic itself. It could be the um, it could be the thumbnail. Thumbnail could suck on it. It could be the title. The title could suck um, and not be compelling enough to get people to click on it. But basically, if you compare the two, then you're going to see compared to the amount of impressions that this one got and the amount of impressions that this one got, people clicked on this one a lot more. And then you go even farther and you're like, okay, um, let's we've got that information. Let's say that they match. Then there you say and you look at your audience retention reports and it's like, okay, how long did people watch this one? How much of a percentage viewed of this total video did, did uh, people watch this one compared to the other one um how much do people share this one compared to the other one um how many subscribers did this one generate compared to the other ones how many subscribers did i lose on this one compared to the other ones because all of these things all those all this stuff that you see in your youtube analytics youtube uses all of these things to determine if people are enjoying your video if they have a great experience with your content or not so it, your your video performance high or low leaves clues on why that video did high or low in the performance. And usually it comes down to making topics that your that your viewers are just 100% in alignment with. For example, I'll use me. I'll throw myself under the bus since uh, you know since uh, since you guys are watching my 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 live stream right now. Um, so basically, with my channel, I know that if I make a video of some kind and I put like views in the title or, you know, getting views or whatever in the title. I know that you're just going to respond to it more. Um, I know that new people that have never seen my content before, I know they respond to that well as well. Um, but I know at the time of publish, you are going to respond to that more. Versus if I put out a video on, you know, how to use StreamYard, right? Like I've got a video that I put out like three or four videos ago. And I, I, I don't know if that's hit 5,000 views yet uh, on that particular video. It will. You know, like that one will end up showing up in search and, you know, all that good stuff. YouTube will find the audience for that because I do have live streaming on my on my channel. YouTube will find the audience for that. So it's not a big deal. Like I understand that. Remember I said before, I, I think long game <laughs> when it comes to YouTube. But when I publish content, you know, based around views, you respond to that because, you know, most of you are under a thousand subscribers. And because of that, you're trying to, you know, hit those milestone marks so that you can get monetized. You're trying to understand YouTube more. You're trying to ultimately get more views on what it is that you're doing. So when I use those titles, it reaches a broader number of you. Um, versus when I have something about StreamYard, that one might pick up later, 
But when I initially publish that video, it's just not something that, you know, that you care about as much as getting views. So because of that, those videos have to find their own sources, so to speak, um, of, you know, people that will respond positively to them. That's why those are long game videos. So, you know, when you look at your channel and you're like, hey, you know, my videos aren't performing as well as they were before, go and figure out what the videos that you were making before were about. Look at the types of thumbnails that you were using. Look at your titles and how you're structuring your titles. Um, look at how people responded to the video content itself. Look at your, um, your absolute audience retention. Look at your relative audience retention and compare them against videos that have done well in your channel. And you're going to quickly be able to uncover why some content does better than other content on your YouTube channel. And it's all going to come down to how people are responding to one compared to how people are responding to the other. Um, but you're going to have to roll up your sleeves on this one, right? This is one where you got to dig into your analytics and you have to, you know, figure it out based on the data that YouTube gives you on the back end of your channel. Uh, let's see here. Ruth Thier's Kitchen Studio. Super chat. Says, I started my YouTube channel by watching your channel. Love, love, love your content. Actually, two loves. Love, love your content. I was I was going for another love there. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. My husband also says, hi. Um, I started uh, using TubeBuddy from watching your video, um, but my channel doesn't seem to be growing or viewed. So first off, high five and fist bump to you for starting a YouTube channel. Second off, what is up, husband? I hope that you're doing great. Um, and third... When it comes to TubeBuddy, I have a video specifically on my YouTube channel um, that shows how to use TubeBuddy specifically to get more views on your channel. And within that video, one, I just show you how to use it. So you should watch it if you haven't yet. But two, when you're using a tool like TubeBuddy or vidIQ or Keywords Everywhere or, you know, any of the tools that are out there, when you're using the tools, the tools are... They, they get you so far. They help you make sure that you're making the right content and that your content is optimized properly, right? So that when, you know, it does, basically you're giving YouTube all the context that they need and that you're also making videos about things that have a higher amount of interest. And then if you're trying to rank them in search or have them show up in search, um, that you are giving yourself the best possible chance of that happening. However, here's where everything gets impacted. So when you are publishing content to YouTube, regardless of the tool that you use, when you are publishing content to YouTube, the thing that matters on YouTube is how people respond to what it is that you're doing. So even if the tool says, you know, hey, you got a really good chance of showing up in search for this. Well, if you do show up in search and people don't click on your videos compared to the other videos there, then YouTube is going to quickly demote your video. If they do click on your video, but then they don't watch that video for a, a amount of time compared to the other videos that are there in those search results, to where YouTube can say, people are enjoying this video more than, or at least as much as this video here, then you're going to also get demoted until you hit that spot to where your videos are doing, you know, as well um, as the videos below it, right? So. When it comes to search, um, it's all based on how people respond to your content. And the same exact thing goes for your homepage. That's the same exact thing goes for uh, suggested videos as well. So if you are not getting views on your videos, then in that case, or if it's not getting, you know, if it's not growing or viewed, um, here's some things that you got to think about. You usually, in this case, it will be a discovery problem um, or just an overall content problem. So the discovery problem is this. Um, the discovery problem is um, either people are not enjoying the content the way that they should for YouTube to deepen as a quality experience at this point in time. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. It just means at this point in time, you know, either they're not enjoying the content itself once they click it and they start watching it or there's not clicking on it at all. So if they're not clicking on it at all, that means that you need to work on the actual topics that you're making videos about. And that also means that you need to work on getting people to click so that they can at least get into the content. And then you can start getting some data on how people are responding to the content itself. So 
unfortunately, fortunately, but unfortunately, just publishing videos by itself, like that doesn't just, you know, automatically get you views. The thing that gets you views is if people click on what it is that you're doing and they enjoy your content. And then let's say that, you know, in addition to that, they comment, they give it a thumbs up, they, you know, subscribe your channel, that kind of stuff. Those types of actions are the things that makes YouTube say like, hey, people watch this for a long period of time. They have these additional interactions like this must be something good. So therefore, let's continue, uh, you know, kind of scouring our user base to see who interacts with other content similar to this in ways that the people that are interacting positively with this content currently are. But the very core of that, the very starting point of that is that you have to go through that process. And I know that you just started the channel, but you have to go through that process of, of you know, learning how to get people to respond to what it is that you're doing. So the tools are a great starting point because they help you optimize everything properly. They help you research to make sure that you're making videos on the right things. However, when it comes to um, uh, uh, you know your performance on YouTube, that's going to come down to how people respond to what it is that you're doing. Okay, so make sure that if you haven't yet, go through the YouTube Creator Academy. It's free. Um, you're already watching my videos, so you're a step ahead there. Um, and just look at your look at your at what it is that you're doing, and look at your thumbnails and your titles and the video content. And and what you should think about is this: when you're looking at your um, thumbnail and your title. What I want you to think about is, okay, if I'm trying to reach people, um, cause you're doing kitchen studio, I don't know if you're like building kitchens or if you're making stuff um, in terms of food, but what you wanna do is you wanna say, okay, if this were to show up on a homepage, let's just say you're making food. Um, if I publish this video and it shows up on a homepage, what about this thumbnail would be interesting to the people that I'm trying to reach. And you're not trying to reach everybody, you're trying to reach people that are interested in, in this case, if you are showing people how to cook, um, then in that case, it would be you're trying to reach people that are interested in cooking. If you're showing people how to build kitchens, then you're trying to reach people that are, you know, that, that build kitchens. But what you want to think about is you want to think about this is who it is that I'm after in terms of the people that I want to watch my content. And then if my content shows up on their homepage, this particular video, what about my thumbnail? What about the topic? Let's start there. What about the topic is interesting or would be interesting to those people? Then what about my thumbnail would be interesting to get that person to click or at least to stop them and grab their attention? And then once you have their attention, what it is about my title that would cause that person to one, help them identify that it's for them Two, also encourage them to click by just being compelling. Right. So those are the types of things that you want to think about. You want to think about because you're using the tools, which means that you might be targeting search. But also keep in mind that search is extremely powerful and you should definitely try to tap into it at least as one traffic source, especially if you're doing cooking content. But also think or just know that a majority of the traffic on YouTube, a majority of the views on YouTube comes from YouTube's recommendation features, which are home pages and suggesting your content next to other videos. So because of that, you want to make sure that, you know, you're thinking of search. And but when you're thinking of search, those people are looking for your content. So the approach that you have can be a little bit different there. When you're thinking of tapping into the general recommendation features on YouTube, then you got to start thinking, okay, the people I'm trying to reach with this thumbnail, this topic, this thumbnail, and this title, is it easy for them to recognize that this is something that they might be interested in? If so, then I've, I'm checking that box. That's a win. And then in addition to that, what about this is compelling enough to make that person think, okay, out of all the videos that I'm seeing right here on my homepage, if I'm on a computer, out of all the videos that I'm scrolling past on my phone, what about this is interesting enough for the person that you're trying to reach that would make them want to click into your video compared to the other videos that you're seeing in the scroll um, or that they're seeing on their homepage. Th that's the type of approach that you want to take. ASMR Dream More, what's up? Hope you're doing great. Uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, 
Um, Hillboy55 Game says, what's wrong Super with tracks. my channel? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not looking at channels uh, right now. Um, but, you know, typically, like I said before, you know, in the last one, you know, typically comes down to a discovery issue or a content issue. So either you're having trouble with discovery because you can't get people to click or the things that you, the way that you're packaging up your content by packaging, I mean, your title and thumb or your, uh, yeah, your title and thumbnail, um, that you're packaging your content in a way, um, to where people just start, you know, responding to it. Like you'll see this a lot, you know, when people are starting YouTube channels and I know a lot of you, like I said, are under a thousand subscribers. So, you know, when you're just starting a YouTube channel, a lot of people will just make these crazy titles because they see like Casey Neistat doing it or somebody else, you know, famous, um, on YouTube doing a title and they'll be like, Oh, I can make a title like that. And people will, you know, click on it. And some people might, but there's also the other side of it to where, you know, if you have, you know, just a picture of your face in the thumbnail, like Casey Neistat, and then you're like, you know, I got new sunglasses. Casey Neistat publishes that video. There's a lot of people that care about, you know, Casey Neistat sunglasses. Whereas if, you know, I publish that video on a new channel um, and, you know, I had those same sunglasses on the people that might see that video might not know, you know, about my content or anything like that. And therefore there's no real reason or incentive to click because they don't care about me. They don't care who I am. They don't care about my sunglasses. <laughs> right. So making sure that you're writing titles in a way and that you're just coming up with content ideas around things that will add value to others, especially when you're first getting started is really, really, really important. All right, so uh, let's see here. Cutthroat Society. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Um, make sure that you go to NimminVIP.com when you get the chance to. That's going to redirect you to our members-only Facebook group. Um, when you get there, make sure that you fill out all the information on the way in because that's how I verify that you're a member uh, once, uh, once I approve them after the stream today. All right, so uh, let's see here. So next up on our uh, list, we've got we've got Romy Phony taken care of. Um, next up, we've got Walsh Sheeper Scrap and Welsh Welsh Reaper Scrap and Casting um, says that they do smelting, scrap, and magnet fishing. That sounds cool. Um, the goal of the channel is um, it's a hobby at the moment. I hope it becomes monetized in the future. But for now, I'm just focusing on content. Excellent move. Um, and the question says, I noticed when I uploaded my first video, it didn't give me the chance to put tags. Um, I do everything via mobile as I don't own a computer um, as my last one died during editing my first video. Oh. So first, sorry to hear about your computer. Second, um, when it comes to tags, um, that's not going to be a big deal. Um, and like, you're not going to, you know, it's not going to like have this huge impact on your videos. A lot of people put more importance on tags than they actually are. However, um, on a phone, on a mobile device, if you go to studio, dot youtube.com in your url um it's going to redirect you to where it's going to take you to a page i'll actually show you here really quick studio so what's going to happen it's going to redirect you to a page that looks like this once they redirect you to that page down in the bottom i'm not sure if you can see this with the lighting but it says continue to studio click on continue to studio and then once you have that then you can go in, you can see the full analytics. Um, you can see the full analytics on your phone. Um, you can get full access to all the features, like everything it is that you need to do. You can do it right here um, by accessing YouTube that way. Um, if you do everything through the Creator Studio app, um, then in that case, um, if you need to do the additional things like add tags or you need to mark a spot saying that it's a sponsored video or something like that, um, then just go ahead and upload it, do all the stuff um, in the Creator Studio app. But then once you are in the uh, Creator Studio app and you get the video up, go in through your um, desktop version of the phone so that you can make sure that you um, make sure that you uh, do it right or so you can make sure that you add in any additional things that you want. Um, Curtis Ward 64 says, um, but you need the app. No, you don't. 
So you, do, you, you, you don't need the app, um, Curtis. So basically, um, when you do that, what's going to happen if you just go studio.youtube.com, um, then it's going, to just, it's going to redirect you into the right place. Um, let's see here. And I actually knew about that one because on Twitter, I think it was, there's a conversation. And, um, I think my brother came in and Doug came in because basically it used to be to where you could just do, um, you could just select from the right hand side. You could select, um, you know, view as, um, or request desktop site, but now they've made it to where they just loops you into the, to the app. So because of that, you have to go studio dot, um, dot, uh, uh, youtube.com. Okay. Let's see here. Next up with the list. Okay. This is a great question. Um, from something wild. Let me see here. Says, um, if somehow life hit you with a middle finger and broke the only device you had to upload or make videos and you lost a lot of subs, how can you get back on track? Um, so hopefully I would have a friend or a family member or somebody nearby, um, to where, you know, they would trust me enough with their, either their equipment or their phone in order to allow me to make content with it, um, and be able to upload everything and all that until I could get back up on my feet. Um, that's what, that's the approach that I would take is I would just reach out for help and I would say, Hey, um, Hey brother, or Hey friend, or Hey mom, or Hey dad, or like whatever it is. Um, Hey, Hey, some, you know, Hey, somebody at school, whatever. Um, I would reach out to them and I'd be like, Hey, you know, I got a YouTube channel you know, I'm trying to get this thing off the ground. My phone broke. Um, and I need to make videos. Um, and I would do that. Um, other things that you can do depending, um, of course, is you can also, you know, like rent places in some cases, but I'm guessing if you like need help on the, on the camera side, um, that, you know, that's probably not an option. So because of that, you know, don't, don't be ashamed to, um, you know, to ask for help if you need it. Asking for help is actually a really valuable skill. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, I'm going to pull this one from the form here, and then we're going to jump back into the chat. And uh, on this one, let me make sure I answered this one. Yeah, okay. Um, next up here is that uh, Ray Love says that they do mukbang and cooking channel. The goal of the channel is to entertain while eating. And the question, I have uh, 2,830 subs. I've been doing this for three months. Um, I want to know, is that good? Yeah, it's actually fantastic. Um, you're doing great. Um, let's see here. Um, and how do you try to collab with other channels that you admire? So first just start collaborating with other, um, content creators that are also fairly new. The reason that you want to do that now is because when you get the opportunity to collaborate with somebody that's already established that you admire, you want to already have that process down. Um, and the reason that that's important is because when people reach out for collaborations, um, I know that, uh, you know, some content creators, they just won't even reply. Other content creators will actually go and research. They'll look at the YouTube channel. They'll see if they've done other collaborations. They'll try to get an idea of like, hey, you know, how far along is this person in their skills and like what it is that they know about what it is that they're doing. And by doing that, they're going to uncover that, you know, hey, this person probably has a good idea of how to collaborate, how to collaborate already. Therefore, um, it's going to be a fairly smooth process. Um, in other cases, it's going to be like, wow, this person can't even get their lighting together yet. So probably not, you know, probably not a great collaboration at this point in time. Um, so hopefully they'll reach back out in the future type of thing. Um, but basically, when it comes to that, you want to, um, you know, you want to just go ahead and start collaborating with, uh, you know, people that are in your space that are, you know, the similar size than you right now just so you can learn the process of collaboration, how to get files back and forth, you know, how the whole thing goes together when you're publishing all of that. Um, and then once you do that, then you can, then you can reach out to anybody on Twitter. You can reach out to them on Instagram. You can reach out to them via email through their about me page email. And when you do that, don't just reach out and be like, Hey, you want to collab? 
reach out and say, hey, I'm putting this video together. You know, it's this, that, and the other thing. And uh, and I think, yeah, I would love to have you, you know, as a part of it. It's not going to take a ton of your time. Um, so, you know, if you just wanted to do like a little part and then blah, 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 um, then, you, then you can do that. As another thing, when it comes to the collaboration with channels that you admire, um, there's two approaches to this. One approach is that you just have people on your channel um, to where, you know, they come on and they interact with your community. And another thing with collaboration is to where you are basically sending people back and forth. Now, ultimately, a lot of content creators like, hey, I want this sending people back and forth thing so I can use that as a way to grow my channel. And that is an excellent way to grow your YouTube channel. However, one thing you also want to think about is that um, you know, just having somebody on your YouTube channel and creating that, you know, that conversation with them and opening up that, you know, avenue of communication um, can also be extremely advantageous long term. All right. So, um, so I'm going to go ahead and pull another one here out of the chat. If you do have a uh, question, make sure you put a cue in front of it. Um, so I know that it's for me and, uh, and, uh, and then I'll, I'll answer some out of the chat here as well. So this very first one is from J dude animations, um, says is an animation channel. Good. Yeah. Animation channels are great. People do awesome in animation channels. So you just make sure that your, that your animations are clever or make sure they're funny or fun or, you know, they, they, you just make sure that you're making good animations, but yeah, animation channels are awesome. Um, let's see here. Next up, how do I get my snakes channel out there? Um, in your case, you know, just coming up with topics, like one of the things that I would do in your case is if you are, you know, doing snake related content is I would have help content as part of that, teaching people how to like take care of snakes, that kind of stuff. And, uh, by doing that, it makes your content really easy to find. It makes your content easy to consume. And you're also adding direct value to the people that are coming in from that content. And then from there, you know, once you're doing that type of content, then, you know, kind of open yourself up a little bit, start experimenting with other other things that you're doing with snakes, showing people, you know, hey, these are X different snakes, which is also value content. But, you know, hey, these are X snakes that, you know, that live a certain amount of time or that make good pets or, you know, that kind of stuff. And by making that type of content, um, all of that stuff is just, you know, easier to find and easier to consume content because it's all direct value related. But of course, just like anybody else, you know, you're going to have to learn how to make, you know, good titles. You're going to learn how to make good thumbnails that get people to click. And you're going to have to learn how to just pay attention in your audience retention reports. Who here does not know what an audience retention report is? When I say, because I know there's a lot of new people here. So when I say audience retention report, how many people here do not know? And don't be shy um, because, you know, I use this feedback as a way to make sure that I'm communicating to you um, effectively as well. Um, so how many people here do not know what audience retention reports are? Like when I say that, when I'm like, hey, just go look in your audience retention reports. If you don't know, just let me know here. Um, but basically, okay, so it looks like, hold on. Okay, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, great. So thank you for the feedback. So basically when it comes to your audience retention reports, what those are, here, I'll actually show you real quick. Give me, give me a second. And this is gonna blow your mind for the people that don't know what audience retention reports are. So... Um, let me go into a video here and I will just pick, let me go into my video content. Let's go down to, let's go a few pages in. While I'm looking for this, if you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Okay, so your audience retention reports are these. Hold on, let me go into here. So inside of your YouTube um, 
Studio. One of the things um, that you are going to see here, let me open this up. Okay, so one of the things that you're gonna see here, if you go to your engagement tab, um, is if you scroll down here, you're going to see audience retention and you're going to see this bar right down here in the bottom. I'm gonna take this down so you can see it. But you're gonna see this bar right down here in the bottom. And this shows you second by second how people are responding to what it is that you're doing, okay? So when you are, yeah, I'll full screen this really quick. Thanks for the suggestion there. So basically when you are, when you are making your YouTube videos, it's really important to make sure that you're paying attention to this. And the reason that you wanna make sure that you're paying attention to this is because it's showing you second by second how people respond to your content. So if I click into the see more down here in the bottom, then it shows me, you know, a bigger graph right here. And I can see that, you know, some people left here, which is fine. And then they went here and then they just kind of trickled out, you know, after that. Um, and then once I got to here, which in this case, I was just letting people know, you know, about how, you know, uh, how many videos it took them to get, uh, you know, like a certain amount of subscribers on YouTube. And here was uh, this at the end, which was intentionally left for the end. Uh, this right here is around where a thousand subscribers was. So because of that, as soon as that, you know, the majority of you, which are under a thousand subscribers saw that content, then it's like, okay, this is what I came here for. And then you started leaving after that. Um, but when it comes to this audience retention report, what's cool is like, if I'm, I'm going to tell play, you how many videos you need to get a thousand, 10,000, a hundred, you can see this little bar down here moving, here right? YouTube. This little bar that's moving down here. Um, what this does is, um, is this shows you as this is playing exactly how people are responding to specific parts of the video, right? So you what's can see right there that dip people just left my intro, right? I lost a little bit. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I lost a little bit of viewership there, um, you know, just for that intro. So uh, anyway, within your audience retention reports, they show you that. Um, and then they also have relative, which shows you how the video performs compared to other videos of similar length on YouTube. So what you want to look at when you're looking at your audience retention reports is this one right here, not really a lot of actionable stuff that you can pull from this, but it gives you a general idea of like, how's my video doing against others of similar length. And then if you look at the audience retention, um, this one's called absolute retention, where it just says audience retention on it. This, you can actually do actionable things from. So if you notice there's a big drop here, then in that case, you can start working on your intro in order to make sure that you're grabbing people's attention. If you notice, hey, I get people this far in my video and then people leave, then that gives you a good, you know, a good idea of like, hey, this is how, you know, this, I did something here that made people leave. So because of that, I need to go and see what that was. If you notice continuous segments, right? Then in that case, you can go in and pay attention to what it was that you're doing there as well, because that's something that actually kept people watching. Um, other things that you'll see, and I actually pull up your little chart guide so that you can see it. But right here, um, let me get a thing out. I'm not sure how well this is gonna work with the chart guide with hovering over it. Hold on. Um, yeah, I can't even like, figure out how to get it to hover over it. But anyway, with the uh, chart guide, um, hold on, let me turn this off. I think I gotta hit escape. There we go. Um, but with that chart guide, basically what that does um, is it tells you, for those of you that don't know what any of this stuff means yet, um, if you look at this chart guide, I know what I'll do. Boom, see if this will do it. Close, boom. Okay, so if you look at this chart guide, you can see here and we're just getting like a small, there we go. Perfect. That should do it. Man, I just can't get it on screen. But anyway, they show you right here. It says, uh, you know, when the line on this is flat, it means the viewers are watching that part from start to finish. Um, and then, you know, as you keep on going down this particular list, and I'm just going to zoom out again, see if I can find a good comfortable spot to do this. 
There we go. So right here, it says, you know, the gradual declines mean viewers are losing a bit of attention over time. The spikes appear when more viewers are watching, rewatching or sharing. Dips mean that viewers are skipping or leaving part of that specific video so that you can use that as a quick guide um, just to, you know, make sure that you understand what it is that you're looking at when you're looking at your audience retention and you're seeing all of those, you know, things, uh, you know, moving around, not moving around, but you know what I mean? Like you see all those, um, you know, people leaving and, you know, lines where it's like, hey, why do people dip out during this part and then they show up again later? Um, it, you know, shows you all of those things. So as a YouTube content creator, when you look at that and you're using that as a way to fine tune your content in order to make a better experience for your viewers, what's happening there is you are literally using direct feedback that you're getting from YouTube and how people are responding to your content to start making content that people will watch for longer periods of time because you start fixing some of those holes um, over time. So, you know, because of that, something that you definitely want to, you know, make sure that you are paying attention to. Yeah, by lost them, great question. So by lost them, um, yeah, that means that they click out um, of the video. So if there's a if there's a drop and it's not recovered later, so like let's say this is the line, right? And there's a drop here, then that means that, you know, people left. Um, but if, it, if you see a drop, hold on, let me go this way. If you see a drop and then it comes back up, then that means that people were skipping past that part. And then other things that you'll see is you'll see it drop down sometimes and it'll come up. Other things that you'll see is you'll see a lump to where it's like, wow, how is it even possible that this particular part got like 110% on my audience retention? That doesn't even make sense. But that means that people either rewound to that part or they went backwards to watch that part again. Um, or that can also come from people sharing your content externally and starting the video in that point. Um, so those things will help you just make better videos. So everybody here should make sure that you're looking into that. And like I was saying before um, about the um, accessing this stuff on your phone, for all of you that make content on your phone, this is like, you're missing out on this. Like you see some of it um, in the app, but unfortunately you miss most of it. Like being able to watch, you know, second by second and see exactly what you're doing. That's not available in the app yet. So because of that, you know, I encourage you to go into your videos and start paying attention to how people are responding to, to what it is that you're doing there. Hey, Brian, do you have a skills for sub shirt? If so, man, I, I, I definitely want one of those. Um, let's see here. Um, so Curtis says, will I get a night bot? Um, no, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't use the night bot. So I have, I have, um, you know, moderators that, um, that, you know, keep things relatively clean, just the community overall, you know, every now and then we'll get somebody that comes in that's, that's troublesome. But for the most part, you know, people that come into the streams are, uh, are pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, next up on our list, I'm going to go into the form for this one and then we will hop back into, um, and then we'll hop back into the, uh, chat. So get your questions ready, but don't drop them yet. Um, but in the meantime, if you're enjoying this stream, um, just give me a hashtag yes. And when after you say hashtag yes, um, also make sure you give this video a thumbs up as well. So I'm doing a double stack there on the call to action, <laughs> which I shouldn't do, but I'm doing it anyway. Okay, so uh, let's hear. Next up on the list, stand up the uh, sore you says, um, trading card game channel is the type of channel I make deck builds and memes around it. And the goal of the channel is I do what I love uh, to do what I love full time. And the question, my vids drop heavily at the start and are fine later. Um, I would assume that this means that my intro um, or is this normal? So if your videos, okay, good. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the stream. So thank you. Um, so when it comes to 
uh, the intro of your video and seeing a drop there. So first off, I do want to let you know that it's common to see a drop. So when it comes to YouTube, like when there's a drop, when your video first starts, it's common, right? Because you, a lot of different things happen there. So you have people that will click on your videos and they'll end up leaving. You'll have it to where people will default over into that next up spot. And then they'll end up leaving that because, you know, maybe the end screen of the previous video just kicked them right over to that. And because they didn't have an end screen or they didn't respond to it fast enough. And then they end up going and clicking away and watching something else. Like there's a lot of reasons for that, but what you want to do is you also want to make sure that you are trying to stop that drop as soon as possible. And when you're getting that drop, how many of you are getting that drop um, at the beginning of your videos? Just let me know. Um, but basically when it comes to uh, that drop, there's some things that you can experiment with um, just to kind of break this down easily. Um, the things that you can experiment with is how you address viewers when they come into the video. Um, you can also experiment with what it is that they see when they come in. So like if you are in your videos, when it first starts, are they seeing you experiment with that in some videos, experiment with showing some additional footage as well. So instead of them seeing you, maybe when the video starts, they see something about the subject matter that you're going to be talking about um, that isn't you. So as an example, if you're on tech, maybe they see, you know, just kind of like B-roll of the phone while you're talking in the background saying what it is that you're going to be showing them in the video or doing in the video. Um, other things to experiment with, if that doesn't work out for you, um, is the specific things that you're saying and how you're addressing people when your video starts um, in terms of like, you know, are you welcoming them? Are you like encouraging them when the video first opens? Are you challenging them when the video first opens? Or are you just telling them like, hey, this is what we're doing, you know, today in the video. Also look at your tone when the video starts as well. So like when your video first starts, like, are you coming across friendly? Um, are you coming across like kind of stern? Are you coming across authoritative? Like, how is it that you're coming across in your videos? Um, in addition to that, experiment with um, the part where I was talking about, you know, what it is they're seeing on screen, experiment with you being on screen, experiment with showing the additional footage, experiment with you showing the additional footage while you're talking underneath it, experiment with showing the additional footage with just music playing underneath it, um, you know, experiment with all of those different things that I talked about and anything else that you can think of related to your content specifically. And you'll be able to, you know, to, to stop that drop better than you are doing now, but it's going to come down to experimentation. So uh, Spidey Frank says they get a 70% drop. So yeah, that's a that's a problem. So in your case, you really need to like, like if you're having trouble getting views right now, that's why. Um, in addition, like I'm not sure, you know, how people are clicking, but once they do click, um, you know, you having that 70% drop is pretty much like your videos are, are like, when that's happening, your videos are, are going to be, you know, pretty much done, um, you know, if, if you can't stop that drop, you know, higher. Um, because the ultimate goal is you want people to click on your video, that that drop to be stopped as fast as possible, and then to complete your video as much as possible. The more people that complete your video, click on another video from your end screen, or go to that next up spot, the better off you're going to be, um, you know, with getting more views on YouTube. Curtis, welcome to the uh, stream says, uh, this is my first live um, that I was at. Yeah, welcome to the stream. I hope that you are enjoying it. Doug, um, I see your message there. I will go in and I will pull that up right now. Okay, let me refresh this real quick. And in the meantime... If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Okay, looking for, um, let's see here. Jennifer, I think he said. Uh, so Jessica Crompton, my bus will be beautiful. Okay. Kitchen golden solution. We got that one. Romeo and Juliet. Um, triathlon was that today? Okay. Yeah, I got, I got a triathlon too. No, we got that one taken care of Jessica. Okay. I see you, Jessica got you covered. Super so, okay. Trash. So for Jessica, 
Jessica says, um, if you were starting out less than 100 subs and had an extra $100 to spend on something for your channel, what would you buy? Um, I have a mic um, and editing software. Okay, so for me, if I was starting out and I had $100 to spend on my YouTube channel, what would I buy? Um, probably crypto, if I'm honest. <laughs> but uh, but outside of that, though, um, I would, let's see here, if I had to spend it on YouTube-related things, YouTube Creator Academy is free. My content's free. You're not going to get any worthwhile course for 100 bucks. Um, most, you know, most likely, um, let's see here, a hundred bucks and you've already got a mic. Um, a hundred bucks won't really get you a lens. A hundred bucks won't really get you a camera with the exception of a webcam. Um, it would probably be like a subscription service. Like I would probably use that for like epidemic sound or for TubeBuddy um, or for something like that, um, for the sake of, uh, you know, just, just one, having music to use in my videos without any, you know, worry. Um, and then if it was too buddy, then in that case, it would be to, um, you know, just for, for overall, just help with my channel in general. Um, so those would probably be the two things. If you're live streaming, then of course, any, you know, software, anything related to that. Um, but even with that, if you have a hundred bucks and that's like your limit, um, then I would use that for like a subscription service of some kind so that you have videos, um, or I would use it for something like TubeBuddy. Um, uh, somebody here mentioned lighting. Um, Wisco Ted says, uh, light. Oh, no, it wasn't him. Uh, Zane says lighting. That's also a great solution as well. Um, so for like 50 bucks, if you go to a hardware store, you know, you can get lighting together, but I'm going to guess that you have lighting already. But if you don't, then yes, lighting would be the thing. And the reason that lighting would be the thing over everything else, um, and I'm glad that you mentioned that, Zane, thank you. The reason that lighting would be the thing over everything else is because lighting can make a huge difference when it comes to your YouTube channel and how things actually look when it comes to your when it comes to your videos. So um, one of these days, I think I've done it in my members-only live stream, but uh, one of these days, I'll actually, um, during the live stream, I'll actually just turn on my regular room lights and I'll show you the difference that, uh, you know, that, that just lighting by itself can make. All right. So, uh, let's see here next up on our list. That's a good question though. Yeah. Lighting. Cause that would eventually help you make better content. Once you make better content, people respond to it better. You can also just go outside, but, um, if people are responding to it better, then that's going to help you get into the partner program quicker. Once you're in the partner program quicker, once you start getting some views, that'll help you slowly generate more income that will help you be able to reinvest as well. So yeah, I think lighting's a, I think lighting is a is a win there. Zane, my man, thank you for uh, for that recommendation. And Contempo Coding said the same exact thing here um, as well. Contempo Coding and uh, Zane both mentioned that. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, Morning Fame's also you know also a solid uh, also a solid choice there as well. Okay, so um, let's see here. Or I would just super chat me. No, I'm just kidding. I would not spend the $100 on that. Um, I spend it on spend it on your lighting. <laughs> I was just having fun there. Um, okay, so next up on the list, we've got, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see here. Deus says that they do news content. Um, and the goal of the channel is I want to spread the news to younger audiences who may be unaware of the news. Um, is to educate those about the news. Um, the question says, Hey, Nick, huge fan. Thank you. I appreciate that. Glad that you're enjoying the content says, um, your live streams are very helpful. With that being said, here's my question. I need like a, -da -da -da. nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Anyway, I need one of those like, -da -da -da. like, here's the question. Okay. So, um, since my channel is all about news, how do I attract more viewers away from the major news channels since they get like a bajillion views when I only get 50 views per video? Um, how do I attract more viewers to my channel? So of course, staying on top of trending topics and being very opinionated. So by very opinionated, what I'm talking about is, 
okay, if somebody wants news and they just want you know, general news that is, in my opinion, all propaganda anyway, but if they just want news, then in that case, um, they can just go to the major outlets that they trust. Now, where things change is to where you start giving very specific or unique news. Like, for example, we had the, the hip-hop channel in here that does hip-hop news. Um, we have, you know, uh, a friend of mine who does electric car news. Um, we have people that do YouTube, you know, related news, or at least they used to, um, you know, like that kind of stuff. So when it comes to news, you know, just being very specific about the news that you're doing. So it kind of takes it away from like, hey, you know, everybody's talking about politics. Everybody's talking about all this stuff. So what can I talk about that is just a little bit more fine-tuned for a more specific audience so that I can become the resource for that type of news? That's one of the things that's going to help you stand out. Now, if you are trying to cover everything, then in that case, you know, you're kind of, you know, working against all of those, you know, major networks and you're going to, and, and most likely you're going to lose unless you can do it in a really, really unique way. But one thing that you want to think about with your news content is you want to think, okay, if I am trying to make news content, that means that I'm trying to share news with a certain type of person that consumes a certain type of news. So for example, you know, if you are the Fox News crowd, you know, you're a certain type of person probably. And if you are like a CNN crowd, you're probably a certain type of person and they don't necessarily overlap very well. So because of that, um, you know, you have to find like your spot, so to speak, in the news space with the specific value that you're bringing to your audience. So what I recommend is just like the hip hop channel, just like my friend with the electric car stuff. Um, what you want to do is you want to say, okay, um, I'm doing news, but who is it that I'm making news for? Who is it that I want to connect to? What type of news am I the most interested in? And you want to focus on that type of thing so that you want to become the resource for the news on that particular subject so that you can stand out away from those major broadcast networks that have, you know, ad money, the putting behind it plus they have all that tv traffic that they can send to youtube plus they just have the name recognition and all that good stuff as well so because of that um i would just be a specialist in a in a certain type of news uh, next up, we got Little Crafty Nook, Little Crafty Nook, and the next one's going to come out of the chat. So if you got a question, just get it ready um, and make sure you put a Q in front of the question. You can just paste that into right here in a second. Um, so your copper music page says all news is propaganda anyways. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Uh, in my opinion, like I don't even watch it just because it's ridiculous. Um, let's see here. So uh, Little Crafty Nook says, like, I don't watch any of it. Like, I don't care what side it is. Like, I just don't care. Like, I don't watch any of it because, you know, like it's all people just trying to get in everybody's brains trying to make them think stuff. So like I, 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 I just opt to, I just opt out. Like I'm not participating. Um, so yeah, the type of channel here is card making and the goal of the channels to teach aspects of the card making process. And the question is my target audience is paper crafter and card maker specifically. Um, it makes it really hard for me if I'm supposed to reach out to everyone to title my videos the way that a non crafter would understand, um, without feeling talked down to That's some of the advice I've been getting. Um, what would you say? My target audience, is paper crafter and card maker specifically makes it really hard for me if I'm supposed to reach out to everyone um, to title my videos the way that a non-crafter would understand. If your audience is paper crafters and card makers specifically, you don't need to title your videos in a way that a non-crafter would understand. What you need to do is you need to title your videos in a way and make topics about things that people who are into paper crafting and making cards will understand and that they will resonate with. Because those are the people that you're, that you're trying to reach. Um, so because of that, don't try to don't like right now, like focus on like, okay, how can I make content as good as possible? And how can I add as much value to the P as possible to the people that are into card making content and um, that are into paper crafting content? That's what you want to lean into. Um, let's see here as we, <laughs> Mr. Cameron Junkie says mobile naughty. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, let's see here. So um, as we keep on going, how much editing is too much editing? Um, I, 
probably there's, there's not a, you know, I, I don't think there is too much editing. Like, you know, just cutting out all the stuff that people don't need, making sure that, you know, you're keeping the pacing moving, making sure that you're, you know, that you're changing things up enough, things like that um, is, you know, what you want to do. Um, of course, depending on your content, you also want to think about the people that are interacting with it. So if you're reaching um, people that are of a younger age, then making things a little bit more, you know, moving around more, popping in and out more, just things constantly changing. That can be advantageous. That can also be advantageous for, you know, older people too. But then once you get to a certain point, slowing things down a little bit, you know, communicating in a little bit of a different way, editing, you know, where your cuts are a little bit slower, that kind of stuff um, can also be advantageous for the audience that you're trying to reach. But when it comes to editing, um, just edit, you know, your videos in a way to where as you're watching them, you don't get bored because you know what the video is about. You know what it is that you're going to be talking about. You know what's coming next. You know exactly what's happening. If you can edit your videos in a way to where when you're watching them, you don't get bored, then you're, you're, you'll probably be okay. Um, but then once you start publishing, you start getting that direct feedback from YouTube of how people are responding to what it is that you're doing. That is when you're like, okay, this is how I'm editing now based on what I think. Now I'm going to edit based on what the um, my audience retention reports are telling me that my stats and YouTube are telling me how people are responding to these edits that I'm doing. Uh, let's see here. So next up on the list. Um, so Chatty, uh, Sachi, Sachi E. Super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Says, can I hear your opinion on unboxing channels? Do you think it's a dying niche? No, I don't. Um, I think that, um, if you make good unboxing content, then I think that you're fine. Um, I don't think that any niche on YouTube necessarily is like a dying niche. Um, I think that, when you are putting content together, like some people will be like, Hey, it's a dying niche because they might not be getting results from what it is that they are doing. But that does not mean that, that everybody that makes that type of content isn't going to get results from it. Sure. It's competitive. Sure. That's competitive. Just like tech is competitive. Just like, you know, pretty much everything is competitive on YouTube. So what you need to do is if you're going to do unboxing, you need to figure out a way to do it. That's going to help you stand out. Now, of course you being the person that's sharing the information with your unboxing is going to be one of the things that's going to help you stand out. However, you also need to make sure that you are looking at the other channels and you're like, okay, this is how they're doing it. This is how they're doing it. This is how they're doing it. What can I do? to be a little bit different? Is it just what the scene looks like, right? Do I, am I doing something unique with my scene? Kind of like what I'm doing with this thing in the background, right? Is there anything that I can do, even if it's something small like that, is there anything that I can do to stand out from the other people who do the similar stuff that I do, right? Um, even if it's little subtle things like that. So um, let's see here. Next up on the list, as we keep on going down here, we've got uh, not getting many impressions on my videos. What factors um, in affect impressions and how can I get more? So when it comes to impressions on your video, give me one second right here and I'll actually show you something very specific um, related directly to your question. Um, let's see here, according to YouTube, B-roll. Um, let's see here. So what YouTube says, let me uh, skip to here. Zoop. And then I'm going to share this for you here just so you can see it. Whoa. I'll share it here just so you can see it. Sorry for that uh, extreme reaction there. It just went, uh, it went, the screen just went a little bit bigger than I had anticipated. So because of that, you know, um, let's see here. So here's, according to YouTube, this is what's up. So when you are, when it comes to the impressions that you're getting on your videos, um, this actually comes from the Google help pages um, around YouTube. They say when you upload a video, YouTube starts surfacing it to relevant audience. 
Based on many factors, our system figures out which viewers are most likely to watch your video. The system continues to surface that video to audiences as long as it remains on YouTube, right? So that tells you like exactly like what happens when you publish your videos. These are all the places on YouTube and feel free to pause this and then come you know, join us here in a second um, if you wanna see all this, but this is where impressions are counted on YouTube. But in addition to that, I've got some other information as well on, on, on this specifically from YouTube. But one of the things I'll just go ahead and, and just say um, some of it, but one of the things that you want to um, just keep in mind when it comes to um, YouTube, and I'll actually just stop showing the screenshots and I'll just tell you. Um, but basically, when it comes to impressions on YouTube, what it comes down to is how people respond to your content. Response means or is defined as how much people click on what it is that you're doing. Once they do click on your video, um, you know, they have to click on your thumbnail, your title, they come in and they start watching your video. What happens next, right? Like, what do they do? Do they watch it for a long period of time? Are you one of the people to where you lose 70% of the viewership when they first click? Um, or do they, you know, watch your video for a longer period of time and they enjoy that content? They give it a thumbs up, they comment, they share it, that kind of stuff. Um, if they're doing, you know, all of the good things, then you're going to get a lot more impressions on your videos. If they're doing the things where, you know, they come into your video and then they leave or you just can't get them to click, then that's going to quickly cause YouTube to not give that video as many impressions because over 500 videos, over 500 hours of videos are uploaded to YouTube every minute. That means that there's a ton of competition out there. So since there's a ton of competition out there, if your videos don't perform, they're going to quickly be moved down the priority list and videos that do perform are going to quickly be lifted up in that priority list so that the users of YouTube, the people that YouTube cares about, which is the people that are interacting with the platform as a user, so that those people are getting the best experience possible on everything it is that they click on. The entire system is dynamic and it's changing in real time based on what it is that people are responding to in that moment in time and what it is that people are not responding to in that moment in time. So if you wanna get more impressions on your videos, it comes down to getting people to click more, getting people to enjoy your content more in terms of watching it and further interacting with it. And even further interacting with it, like they, they don't even have to do that. Um, those are just extra signals um, that tell YouTube that it's good. But like if people start your video and they watch it to the end, like that's enough. Like if they watch it to the end, click on another video and then click on another one of your videos and then click on another one of your videos. And, they, and you just like every video that they watch, they're like, hey, this is great. And they watch your videos for a long period of time. In that case, your videos are gonna perform awesome, even if you don't get comments, but naturally, because you're making awesome content, you are going to get comments, you're gonna get people subscribing, you're gonna get people liking your videos. I just published an entire video about this. Um, so you should definitely check out that video as well. But when it comes to the impressions that you're getting on YouTube, you have to, um, you know, you you have to perform um, on the platform. And if you if you're not performing right now, like don't don't stress out about it. Don't be like, oh my gosh, you know, I got to do all this stuff. Just look at it like, okay, right? Just I'm coming onto YouTube just like anything else, right? If I'm learning how to, you know, do anything, if I get a new phone, if I switch operating systems, I got to go through the learning curve of figuring out how to do different stuff on the operating system. If I'm if I get a new piece of tech, I got to go through the learning curve of figuring out how to use it. If I'm building a new skill, if I'm trying to work out, if I'm trying to learn how to play an instrument or learn how to do another, you know, type of work or whatever, like you have all of these things you have to learn about all these different things that we get into in life. YouTube is just another one of those things. So if you're having trouble right now, don't look at it as like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. This is so hard. Look at it like, okay, not a big deal. Um, I'm just starting. Like I'm a baby at this essentially. And what I need to do is I need to go through the process of learning how some of this stuff works, learning how to make content in a way that people respond to it better so that I can grow up, per, so to speak, on YouTube. And that growing up process is simply just learning how to make that better better content that people respond to better so that YouTube can see your content as competitive on the platform and show it to more people who are a great fit for your content because people are responding positively to it.
Magic flying the potato. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so uh, let's see here. So another one here um, is from um, uh, Sashi E. says, um, why YouTube letting you like your own videos and should I do it? Will it help the algorithm? No. Um, the thing that matters is how other people respond to your content. When you like your videos, YouTube knows that it's you liking your videos. In addition to the YouTube account, um, like if you're like, oh, hey, I'm just going to switch accounts, they still know. Because, you know, like your phone has a has a MAC address, your computers have MAC addresses, things like that. They can tell the computers it's coming from. They can tell the location it's coming from. They can tell all that stuff. So if you're interacting with your own videos, they can tell. Um, so you're not giving yourself any advantage whatsoever. Instead of focusing on that sort of thing, focus all of your efforts on your on, on your content and learning how to make better content and learning how to get people to click on that content. Right through learning more about writing titles, learning more about making thumbnails, studying other YouTube channels, that kind of thing. Um, okay, so what's the best editing software that is not too expensive because I'm not because I'm using Shotcut, um, but it lags too much. Um, so low cost editing software. Um, you have Filmora, um, you have DaVinci Resolve, which is free, and you have Camtasia as well. So Camtasia is a video editor. It's really easy video editing, um, but it's also a screen recorder as well. So you can use it kind of twofold there. Um, and uh, so with either, you know, any of those, you, you'll be fine. They're all lower cost things. And then DaVinci Resolve is free, but with DaVinci Resolve, um, it can be a little bit hard on your computer. So, um, so those are all, you know, great solutions. And of course, there's even apps um, for your phone um, that you can use as well. Uh, let's see. Next question. So I'm looking for more questions here. Looking for questions. Looking for. I'm, I'm here fishing for questions. Okay. Um, Aurora Shorts. Great question. Says, are promotion sites for your YouTube videos legit? Or are they all view likes and subscriber bots? Um, if some are real, does it help with YouTube algorithm? Um, so here's the thing. When it comes to this sort of thing, don't ever use them under any circumstance. Because what you need to do as a YouTube content creator, if you want to be successful on the platform long term, what you need to do is you need to, Berto Blake in the house, what's up my man, saying Fillmore in Camtasia. Um, when it comes to YouTube, um, there isn't a shortcut, right? You have to go through this process of learning how to make content that people enjoy. And unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, because it keeps the good co content, you know, being surfaced on the platform, but unfortunately, because it makes it difficult in terms of the barrier to entry as a YouTube content creator. Um, but you have to go through that process of, you know, just learning how to make better content. And none of those services are going to help you in any way, shape, or form. And in, a, in most cases, they're actually going to work against you and make it harder to grow your channel. The reason for that is the people they're going to send your way or the bots that they're going to send your way, none of them care about what it is that you're doing right? They are only there because the systems have automated people or bots to end up showing up and looking at, at your content. Now, what's going to happen is you publish your next video and those things, those bots or those people aren't going to respond because they didn't come in from actually clicking on your, on your content and finding your content based around what it is that they're interested in. So because of that, one, you're getting in front of the wrong people. Two, you're getting in front of people that are not people, which are bots. Three, um, you still have to go through that process of, let's say, in a perfect world, let's say that one of those services or any of those services actually delivered real people that were actually interested, which they don't. But I'm just saying if they did, then in that case, once they did that, you as the YouTube content creator still have to go through the process of learning how to get those same exact people to click on what it is that you're doing. And then once they do click on it, just like you keep hearing me say over and over again, and I'm going to say it probably 50 more times during the stream today, you have to, once you get them to click, then those same exact people that clicked, you also have to get them or create content that they're going to enjoy. And if you have 
like you can't skip these things. <laughs> you can't like it's you cannot skip these things. Like if 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 you buy subscribers, if you get a let's say that you had a, a big YouTube content creator and that YouTube content creator is like, hey, everybody, they made a video and that video got millions of views on it. And they're like, hey, everybody, go check out Aurora Shorts, right? And you're like, holy cow, this is great. I just got this big influx of subscribers. Some of these, you know, recent videos on my channel that are on my the top of my homepage, they just got a bunch of views on them. This is awesome. Everything's great. Then you publish your next video and the video after that and the video after that and the video after that. And you're not getting any, like nothing comes from it because you still, even though you might've gotten that shout out or you might've got that recognition from some newspaper somewhere, whatever it is, like if you can't get people to do those fundamental things of being able to identify that your content's for them, getting them to click on it, they come in, they enjoy your content, all that stuff. If you can't do that part, then there's no shortcut that you can take that will bypass that for you. So because of that, I encourage you to, instead of like looking into sites like that, Focus all of your energy that you would spend doing those types of things or other things that won't really move the needle for you on YouTube. Focus all of your energy on learning how to make thumbnail for everybody here. Like, you know, like, of course, there's things that you can do to accelerate things once you get moving. But since most of you are under a thousand subscribers, the thing that that you need to focus on right now for everything else, instead of looking for like, hey, I need a tip that's going to help me do X, Y, Z, focus on this, focus on I got to learn how to make thumbnails. So I'm going to watch videos and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to watch videos on design. I'm going to watch videos on imagery. I'm going to watch videos on color theory. Um, and I'm going to watch videos on how to make good thumbnails. And I'm going to just practice through, um, place it through Canva, through Photoshop for, through, you know, affinity photo through Pixelmator, whatever app it is that you use or software that you use, practice it, get proficient in it and learn how to make thumbnails. If you're not going to do graphical thumbnails, then Go and watch videos on imagery, um, on photography, on videography. Look at framing. Look at how you direct the eye. Look into the golden spiral. Look into all of these things, rule of thirds, all of this stuff that helps direct people's eyes through imagery as well so that you can make sure that the images that you're using are also directing people to the thing that you want them to focus on. Um, consume that type of content. Um, on the video side, watch videos on how to edit videos. Um, watch other people's YouTube channels. And when you're watching other people's YouTube channels that are successful, don't watch them as like in as like for entertainment watch them and say to yourself like okay this person's getting you know like ten thousand views a video um or this person's getting a hundred thousand or a million views a video what are they doing like how are they editing their video so literally watch their video and say okay from the zero zero mark on this video to the five second mark did they cut anywhere did they zoom in anywhere did they add any graphics what did they do right take notes on it and then go another five seconds. What happened in this five seconds? Take notes on it and start to break down and understand how it is that they're communicating in the videos and how it is that they're editing those videos in order to support the communication that they're doing in the videos. And just by doing that alone is gonna give you tons of insights into how to make better content as well. So like those things, like learning how to make thumbnails and putting tons of effort and time, um, like the most valuable way to spend your time as a YouTuber is practicing the software that you're using to make thumbnails, practicing your editing software, practicing your pre presentation skills, um, spending some time learning, right? You got to, you know, a lot some time to learning so that you can keep improving stuff. Um, but in addition to that, um, consuming content on how to do those things better. So you're practicing and in the process of practicing, you're trying to figure out how to do those things at the best level that you can possibly do. If you focus on those things and of course the value that you're adding to your audience, those things by themselves will get you way further than 
like, hey, you know, pin a comment so that you can get people to go from this video to this to this video. That's an advanced thing, and that's extremely effective um, in terms of getting people to hop from video to video to video. However, first you got to get them to click, or that you're or you're not going to be able to take advantage of that. In addition to getting them to click, you got to get them to enjoy one piece of content so that they enjoy your content enough in order to care to click on that pinned comment or to click on one of your in-screen videos. Right? You got to focus on the thing that matters the most, and that is getting people to click and watch what it is that you're doing. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Roger Wakefield in the house. What's up, my man? Says, uh, let me scroll up here. Says, happy Father's Day. Uh, happy Father's Day weekend, everyone. Roger, Super thank chat. you for that. Happy Father's Day. I didn't even realize it was Father's Day. Happy Father's Day um, to everybody. Happy Father's Day weekend to uh, to everybody over there. Um, or to, to everybody that celebrates Father's Day. Uh, welcome or happy Father's Day weekend, Roger. Thank you for that. And I uh, hope everybody, all the dads, how many, how many people in the, in the chat are dads right now? How many, how many fathers do we have uh, in the house? If you're a dad, just give me a, just, just say dad. Uh, I'm just curious to know how many, uh, how many fathers that you have in the house. How many fathers we have in the house? <laughs> That's what I meant to say. <gasps> super Sashi E, thank you for the super uh, sticker. I appreciate it. So uh, let's see, I'm waiting for them dads to come in. So we got like a, just became a dad. Whoa, hold on, hold on. Pokemaniac Jack says, I just become a dad. Congratulations to you. High five fist bump on the uh, new addition to your family there. Uh, let's see here. We got dad, dads, dads, dads. So here's the thing. Um, it's Father's Day weekend and we've kind of missed this boat. Um, but since Roger brought that um, to, to my attention in terms of being Father's Day, one thing to keep in mind for those of you that are making um, content, you're promoting things as an affiliate, anything like that. When it comes to Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, things like that, making content around those days can also be really beneficial if you're doing like gift guides, anything like that on the affiliate side, or if the type of content that you make is something to where, you know, like a lot of, you know, dads would be interested in your content, um, you know, making content specifically for them as a way to relate to them as fathers, or um, if you make content for um, like, you know, married people, so to speak, um, like let's say you're doing crafting content and you know, a lot of those crafting, um, you know, women or guys, you know, they might have, you know, significant others. If they, some of them are dads, then in that case, you know, making sure that you put together something, you know, maybe a gift guide for them or um, something, um, you know, craft that they can put together, um, you know, for Father's Day that they can do with their kid in order to give it to their father on Father's Day, something like that. Um, that's also, you know, an advantageous uh, thing to do. Yeah, so we got a decent amount of dads in here. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so um, let's see here. So as we keep on moving down the line, Michelle... Say Michael says, sorry about Super that, trash. says, um, should I notify subs of all videos? I have some simple tutorials for SEO that I'm afraid subscribers won't like. Only 15% of the viewers are returning. So just a heads up on YouTube, it's pretty common for, uh, for you to have more non-subscribers watching your content than subscribers. And one way that I would like you to look at that is if it was just subscribers watching your channel, then your channel wouldn't be able to grow because you're only serving your subscriber base and not new people. So when you have an influx of new people coming in on a regular basis, that's actually what causes a channel to grow and what causes things to snow ball over time. Um, so because of that, um, I would notify, like I would notify with every video that you publish as long as it's something that adds value to your subscribers um, or to the people that you're trying to reach, even if they're new. Um, but yeah, I would absolutely do that. Now, if you have, even though they're simple, some people, like some of your audience, like for example, we'll just put this into perspective again. I'll use me. I'll throw myself under the bus for this example. Um, but when it comes to um, like here, 
like it would be really easy to assume that, you know, cause you do SEO stuff. I do YouTube stuff. Some of that's SEO. Um, but when it comes to this, it would be really easy for me to assume that everybody here knows what audience retention is, right. Or that everybody here even knows what SEO is when I say SEO. However, um, when I mentioned a little bit ago, you might've been in here for it. Um, I'm not sure, but when I mentioned a little, a little bit ago to, to, I asked, do you know what audience retention reports are? Um, a lot of people are like, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So because of that, you know, you might publish a video that'll add tons of value even to you. You might think like, oh, this is simple. Like everybody knows this. Um, that's like in your world, everybody might know that, but you know, the people that are watching your content might not necessarily know that. So even if you think it's simple, um, some of those videos might actually end up doing great. Um, you know, if your subscribers do get notified of that, because you might be able to share an idea with them that, um, that they may or may not be familiar with, or you might be able to phrase it in a way, um, that information or frame it in a way that helps them understand something at a deeper level, even though it's simple, um, even though it's simple to you. So I would absolutely, um, publish it. Uh, let's see here as we keep on as we keep on running down the line here we've got i saw another one here it is amit says Super most of my videos chat. have 90 percent views from um subs and only 10 percent from new viewers how to get new audience and have eleven thousand? oh i have eleven thousand. have 60 percent retention and six percent ctr approximately okay so um if you are getting 90 percent of your views from subscribers you're trying to step into new territory to get more of those new people in there um then in that case it's probably going to come down to because you say you have 60 percent retention i don't know if that's across the board i don't know if it's on videos that are a minute long or 10 minutes long um but if you are not getting in front of more new people, it could come down to your topic selection. Um, it could also come down to, you know, you say your CTR. If you're getting solid retention, um, then your uh, click-through rate in terms of you able to grab people and pull them into your video could be low. So one thing that you can see inside of your YouTube channel is how, you know, subscribers are responding to certain aspects of your channel. And you can um, also uncover like, hey, look, um, you know, my subscribers are coming in and they're responding to this at 90%, which means that it's going to be easier for them to watch my videos for a longer period of time because subscribers typically respond across the platform. Subscribers typically respond better than non-subscribers, you know, when they're first interacting with the content anyway. So because of that, that can also kind of inflate the numbers. I'm not saying that your numbers aren't good, but I'm just saying that, you know, that can inflate the numbers. Um, but since you're trying to get into, you know, new subscribers or new viewers, those new viewers might not be responding as positively as the subscribers are. So because of that, um, one thing that I would look at is like, if your, um, click through rate is 6% approximately, I don't know how many, um, uh, impressions that is. Um, but if your click through rate is 6% first, I encourage you to go and look at where that 6% is coming from. Um, if you're looking at it from just the box inside of uh, YouTube at that quick glance, then in that case, you know, you can kind of work against yourself a little bit there because they're averaging everything out. So what you want to do is you want to go and you want to look at your traffic sources report and you want to see how people are responding on different surfaces on YouTube. So for example, if, um, you have a 90% views are coming from subscribers and you're getting a 60% retention and a 6% click through rate. You might find that a lot of that is coming from bigger numbers coming from browse. And then if you click into browse, that could end up coming from your subscriber feed, um, you know, from the people that are already subscribed to your YouTube channel. And that might be why you're, why you're heavily weighted on the subscriber side. But then if you look at your traffic source reports and you find that just in browse in general, like on home pages, you're not getting anything close to that. And that tells you like, 
oh, this is a problem area. Um, if you go and you look and suggest it, and you're like, hey, you know, I'm not getting anything close to that there either. Then it's like, hey, this is a problem area and search. I'm not getting anything close to that. Hey, it's a problem area. So because of that, you know, dig deeper. Um, and then also, you know, like a 6% um, click through rate, if you're getting crushed with impressions, then that can be okay. But if you're not getting a lot of impressions on the videos based on the response that you're getting, then in that case, you know, that 6% might not be that great if you're not getting a lot of impressions. So because of that, um, I would just dig into your traffic sources and figure out exactly why the numbers look the way that they do and make sure that they're that way coming from sources that actually matter versus, you know, just coming from the subscriber feed, for example. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got pocket watching. and I'm going to hop into the forum right after this one. So basically our next few moves here, are I'm going to answer this question. Then I'm going to hop into the forum after I do the forum. Then I'm going to go here into the, um, into the question. So really quick, before I answer this question, um, I do have one more that I happen to overlook from Edwin here. Um, Edwin says, um, that I'm thinking about adding YouTube shorts to my new vlog channel. What are your thoughts as a vlogger? I would, I would, I would do it. Um, as a vlogger, like if it's just you going out and running around the world, um, I would do it. Um, because like with vlog content, you can do more things that would have more of a general audience appeal through your shorts than, than I could, for example, because mine would be extremely targeted with what it was that I was doing. Cause I want to make sure I keep my audience as clean as possible. But with vloggers, you know, you have a little bit more flexibility there. Um, so I would absolutely do it, but I wouldn't just do it like, Oh, Hey, this is, you know, me at this place. Um, I would try to do something, you know, it's kind of really cool for people that, you know, like if they see it on the shelf, some things to think about the very first thing is that they're just scrolling through like right when you're grabbing their attention at the at the start of that um, short, they're also going to see the title there. So make sure that your title is really good there and that you're promising something really cool and that you also deliver on that. Um, but you want to um, uh, just think about, okay, when I'm doing this as a vlogger, um, I need to make sure that I'm making something that might be a little bit more general to where, you know, more people could respond positively to this. But absolutely. Okay, next we got Pocket, pocket Watching JT, Super Real Account and Reacts. Says, um, question, I just hit 10,000 subscribers in seven months. Wow, wow. High five, fist bump to you. Says, um, I do reaction videos. My voice sounds great, um, but the video I'm reacting to sound bad. I'm using StreamYard. I'm playing the video and the audio goes through my mic. How can I fix it? Okay, um, I'm not sure like what all you have going on in the on the setup, but if you, um, here, let me show you this really quick. And this one's gonna cost. Um, now, of course, inside of um, StreamYard themselves, you can go in, you can turn on the echo cancellation and the audio that might help of it, you know, coming through the audio. But the downside is, is like if it's coming through loud in your speakers and then your mic isn't focused like this one is, then it's just, it's going to pick up, right? So one option, of course, is to throw on headphones and you're doing the reaction. You can just use little earbuds if you want. That would be fine. You know, if you don't want big, you know, cans on your ears. Um, and uh, from there, basically, that would be one move um, that, you know, just throwing in some headphones uh, to where, you know, you wouldn't have it feeding back through. Two is you could um, get a mic like this to where it's more focused on your voice and it's not picking up anything from the back. So for example, and with my processing and everything, it's still going to pull through some, but like if I turn this away, let me just spin it here. But like, as I'm turning this away, you can see how the audio, um, how it pretty much just kind of loses me back here on this end. So again, with my processing, it's gonna, it's gonna inflate it just a little bit. Um, but basically, you know, you can see the difference that happens when it's facing towards me versus away from me. So in this case, I have monitors right here and my voice right now is coming through these monitors. And when I have other people on, you know, it's coming through there as well, but sometimes we get that feedback as well coming through my mic. So I just have to reach over here and turn the, um, turn my interface down, which was the next thing that I was going to talk about. Um, this right here, um, is the interface that I personally use. It is the Rode Procaster. 
And with this, this has processing in it um, to where um, a couple different things. One is they have a mix minus. So, you know, if you have uh, like guests on things like that, that can help, you know, that feedback coming through this through the thing itself. Um, but in addition to that, this will ca cancel out like noise and things like that in the background. So depending on your settings for this, you might be able to cut out some of that there um, or just turn, you know, the audio down a little bit on your speakers that, that it's coming through on. Um, but I would try to listen to it independently. Um, instead of listening to it through the thing that they're that the viewers are listening through it um, to it through also. Um, another thing to consider is that inside of StreamYard, if you're doing all this in StreamYard, as long as, long as you're recording it, um, you can also download your audio files separately. Um, so because of that, I would also experiment with that. Now, I'm not sure if it works that way for the videos that's playing on the screen, if it will separate those out. Um, but if it does, that, I would definitely explore that too, because you can actually export your audio or you can export the audio separately. If you export it separately, then you can go in and turn down things, you know, as you need for the, for the audio. Um, but if it's just feeding through here, um, then in that case, you know, I'd turn things down. I would get cans. Um, White Noise Studio, who I would say is definitely a trusted source on this sort of thing. Um, he says to use OBS plus virtual audio cable um, in order to kind of, you know, route things into um, StreamYard that way. Um, or virtual cam, I guess, is how you would actually get it from OBS into uh, StreamYard um, in order to do that sort of uh, that sort of thing. So hopefully that helps. Um, if not, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Just mention, you know, that you, that you mentioned this here or just say that you came from my stream um, and just reach out to me on Twitter and I can, I can try to help you with that a little bit, but those would be the places that I, um, those would be the places that I would start. Okay, so next up here, we are going to the form, like I mentioned um, before. So this next one here on our list, this is from... Um, Isha by Design. Isha by Design says that they upload one time per week. They've been on YouTube one year or more. The type of channel is a how-to art channel. The goal of the channel is to monetize so I can make uh, more videos teaching how to paint. And the question, excuse me, the question says, I noticed that four weeks ago, my impressions dropped from 1,500 daily average to 150 daily average. Yes, I had a fewer videos posted over the last couple of months, but nothing else did. The types of videos, length of video format, et cetera. As a result, my views and watch time is abysmal. Any ideas on how to fix this? Yes, just start publishing, you know, normally again on a consistent schedule. Um, that should be one thing that will help because one thing that happens is like when you publish on a regular basis, you have those videos with the new tags that go out. And with those new tags, YouTube is testing your content against, you know, a bunch of people on YouTube. And when they are testing that against a bunch of people on YouTube um, and some of those people are coming in, they're clicking and watching, then YouTube, if they enjoy the content, YouTube will end up showing some of your past library to them as well, um, which can be a win if they keep clicking on your stuff and keep coming back in. Then it just kind of creates that thing where they're always seeing your content all over the place. Now, um, when it comes to the impressions were this and then like the next day they were this, if that is the thing, then what could have happened there is you could have had a really good placement in like search or you could have had a really good placement um, next to another video to where uh, you like, let's say that you had a video that's getting a lot of views on it and your video ended up in the next up spot or getting suggested next to that video and people responded to it. Great. Well, you might've been getting a lot of traffic from that. And then another person comes along, they make another video similar to yours. It ends up taking that spot. And then therefore you take the hit on the impressions that you're getting because people stop responding to you there compared to that other video. And then therefore that, you know, gives you the, the hit, so to speak on your impressions. So because of that, 
um, you know, in that case, you can go into your stats and you can figure out kind of, you know, what's going on there because you can see the videos that you're pulling suggested from. You can see for each individual video the impressions that you're getting on it. And you can start really dissecting where the traffic was coming from and all that for, you know, the videos that were performing that are now not. Um, and you can even compare those inside of your YouTube analytics as well, you know, just by customizing the date range um, and using the compare tool in your YouTube analytics. So do that. Um, but also consider that, you know, when you publish a video on YouTube, yes, absolutely. The video is going to live on YouTube forever. Um, but that video may or may not perform on YouTube for a very long time. So, you know, it's, it's normal to have videos or a handful of videos that do great on the channel for a while. And then they just don't do as well over time because, you know, newer versions have come out or other content creators have seen that your videos have performed well. So they've made content just like it. And because of that, in some cases they make, they make them better. And since they make them better, they end up taking the traffic for those particular videos. Those kinds of things happen. Um, and it's normal. So don't like stress out about it. But one, it's good that you've noticed Two, um, you know, keep publishing. And I know that, you know, things seem abysmal right now, but if you were able to get it to where you're getting, you know, more views and more impressions on your stuff before you can do it again. Um, but you just have to, you know, go through that process of continuing to publish and, and start to uncover why it is that, you know, that you uh, are not getting the response now that you were getting before. But um, on the impressions, you know, that always comes down to how people respond to what it is that you're doing. Sometimes it can be a seasonal, a seasonal, seasonal thing as well. But in your case specifically, like you're taking a pretty big hit from 1500 to 150 um, on your impressions. So because of that, I would guess that it's probably coming from another video or you had one video that was driving a majority of the impressions. And then that video just ended up not performing well long term. And since it didn't perform well long term, you ended up, you know, that that hit that you took on that video just kind of cascaded down across the channel. Uh, let's see here. So we got that. Okay, now into the comments. Okay, so here, uh, really, really quick, a super chat command. Let me answer this really quick because this will be a fast super one. Chat. Says, uh, what you cooking, Roch? Says, um, Nick, I almost gave up. I've been at this for a year, 395 subscribers, but you keep me going. It's good to hear. Thank you um, for, for the kind words there. So, you know, if you're at 395 subscribers after a year, you know, one thing that I just want to um, remind you as well for everybody here, you know, if you've been doing this for a while, um, one is, you know, for all of us, you know, I'm the same exact way, you know, like Roger Wakefield, he's, you know, he's the one that dropped this hundred dollar super chat up here. He's crushing it right now on YouTube. He's doing great. And, uh, you know, like even with us, you know, like there's stuff that we can do to, to, to be better, right? At what it is that we do, even though like our, our channels are successful, you know, we're getting a lot of accolades from what it is that we're doing. There's still things that we can do to improve. Um, and you know, you're in the same exact boat as we are. So what I would like to encourage you to do is, you know, like just take a step back from what it is that you're doing and say, okay, you know what, this is something that I want to do. And I want to do this as, you know, I'm not sure what your actual goals are, but one of the things is to kind of separate yourself from you know, like that subscriber count and start thinking to yourself like, okay, how can I, how can I produce a better piece of content? Like, do I need to edit my videos a little bit better? Do I need to spend more time, you know, kind of planning the content out and putting the content together? Do I need to work on my thumbnails? Do I need to work on my titles? Um, you know, like really start focusing on that part of the process um, so that you can kind of improve the craft, right? Like you can just get better at, at doing the thing. Um, and by doing that, then those numbers will end up coming naturally once you can start getting that response a little bit better, okay? 
Um, let's see here. So, um, Cooper music page says, can you live monitor through StreamYard, or is that just monitoring from your roadcaster? Um, so for me, I monitor it, um, directly through the roadcaster. So I'm hearing what's coming through the roadcaster, um, on my end, but I know StreamYard does have, and I've never used it, um, but they do have an audio option, um, to where they have the stereo audio, but that, that isn't anything about, uh, about monitoring though. So. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So let's, let's grab one of these in, um, let's see here. Oh, that's interesting. So costume CO says, um, I added to Grammarly in Chrome and it works for YouTube chat. Nice. Um, let's see here. So next up, Hey, my pleasure, my pleasure. And look, you know, I also want to let you know, you know, just as a heads up, like it took me five months to get my first 150 subscribers. I didn't start really getting some like real momentum on YouTube until after I'd been doing this for a while. So, you know, like what you're going through, like, you know, there's a lot of content creators that, you know, that are in the same boat to where it just takes, you know, just takes time, you know, just like anything else. I mentioned this before too, but just like anything else, you know, where you like, let's say you started to play piano, right. And you start playing piano and, you know, you start to play and you're like, man, my fingers don't even work right. Right. When I play the piano, like, I don't even know how, like, how do you, how do you do this and then do this at the same time? Right. And, you know, that takes work just to get that, you know, that part of it together. And then eventually you hit that point to where it's like, okay, now my brain is, you know, working this out to where I can do both at the same time. Um, and then I, and then you start going through other things like, okay, now I'm going to learn how to do, you know, like chord progressions and things like that. And then you start going through the process of learning how to do those things. And the next thing, you know, it's like, wow, I can like, I can play piano a little bit. And then, you know, you start getting better and better and better as you, you know, keep practicing and honing the craft. Invisible America, my pleasure. Glad that you are enjoying the content. Okay, so um, let's see here. So we did the form. Okay, now this one's for chat. So if you have a question, make sure you put a Q in front of it um, so that I know that it is for me and go ahead and drop that in there right now. And if you're enjoying the stream also, um, you know, remember to give this a thumbs up um, if you haven't yet. Um, you know, just like getting that feedback, you know, reminds me that, uh, you know, that you're enjoying the stream or not. You know, if you don't like it, feel free to give it a thumbs down as well. Um, but just any type of feedback would be fantastic. Um, that junk man says, okay, a two year old, uh, video is my top video this week over 8,000 views this week. So you never know when a video will hit. Yeah, man. Like, like that's an awesome thing about YouTube also is, you know, like when you're publishing content, like, so, so I have two videos on my channel. They're, they're like some, like two of my top videos on my YouTube channel. And I started a series. And if you've, if you've been in these live streams a lot, you've probably heard this story, but I started the series called mobile Monday. And when I started that series, I was like, okay, there's nobody serving you mobile content creators. So uh, my brother wasn't on YouTube yet. So I was like, okay, um, uh, I'm going to make some videos every Monday for mobile YouTube content creators. Talk about different stuff you can do on your phone, even basic stuff, like how to change your thumbnail on your phone, that kind of stuff. I published those videos and they just tanked. Like, I mean, I, I published, you know, a short series and it just tanked all the videos. When I published them, just nobody responded to them. I didn't get any clicks. Nobody cared. And then like, uh, I think probably about six months later, I should go in and update myself on the stat um, just so I can make sure I'm sharing the right information. But, you know, it was, a, it was a handful of months later. Boom. One video started taking off, started going great because I implemented some of the things that I tell you guys about in terms of, you know, linking to the right videos and end screens and descriptions, all that good stuff. Um, people started watching some of the other videos. YouTube collect, ended up collecting enough data, knowing who a great fit was for those videos, started showing it to the right people. They started responding to it. Bam. Those videos are now some of the top performing videos on my YouTube channel of all time. Um, and, you know, I, I've got one video. Um, I'm going to look right now, actually, and see where it's at. But I've, I've got one video um, that has driven me like, uh, I think close to a hundred thousand subscribers, if not a hundred thousand, hold on, let me see what I got here. 
Um, so let me change this to lifetime. Okay, so one video here, 64,000 subscribers um, on one of these videos. Um, and then let me go to this one, see where this one's at. And then I will do, since uploaded here. Okay, so so two videos together. Um, so one of them is 60,000, another one's 52,000. Those two videos drove over 100,000 uh, play button from those two videos um, on the YouTube channel. And I stopped the series. This is the part that I want you to, to really think about here to resonate with. I stopped the series because I was like, eh, you know what? I guess people just, they're just, they just don't like this kind of, you know, they don't like these kind of videos from my channel. And, uh, and now, uh, you know, now those are, you know, still bringing in, you know, views and subscribers every day. Brian G. Johnson, I am uh, having guests today. And as a matter of fact, since you just mentioned that, I'm going to share that link out here in just a moment. Let me finish answering just a few more questions here. And, uh, and then I will definitely share that link out. And, uh, and absolutely, Brian G. Johnson, you are welcome here, my friend, anytime. So um, let's see, I got that link copied. And uh, let me answer just a couple questions here, and then we will uh, get rolling. So Costume CO says, uh, hey, Nick, I have one question. I'm not sure what to do. One of my regular live stream guests has passed away suddenly. I'm um, sorry to hear that. Um, Heidi, I actually saw your post on Twitter um, as well. I want to do something as a tribute to him, but I don't want it to be um, insensitive. Any thoughts? Um, so, man, you know, like um, I, I think just like mentioning them and just having a moment for them, I think, um, in my opinion, I think that that would be, um, you know, sufficient. Um, I don't know, you know, like how big of, uh, you know, how big they were or how active they were in the community in terms of everybody else knowing them as well. Um, but, you know, I, I would definitely, you know, take that moment to, you know, just bring it to, you know, everybody's attention, let them know. Um, and also, you know, just to say, you know, some kind words about it. if you knew him personally, then of course that's going to, um, you know, you're going to be able to be a little bit more personal there. Um, but, you know, I think that, um, just, you know, pausing the live stream for a second, either for a moment of silence or just to, you know, just acknowledge, you know, what's happened and just bring that, you know, awareness to everybody that's hanging out in your stream to that person for that moment in time. Um, I think that that would probably be, you know, sufficient. Um, but if there is anything that that person has done um, to contribute to your community in a way that others would be able to recognize, um, highlighting that as well. So like, let's say, for example, like if it was somebody in the community that was always like in your type of content, Let's say if somebody's in your community that was always like, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, if anybody, uh, you know, needs additional thread, whatever, I'm sending it to that. You know, it's highlighting the you know, little, you know, kind things that they've done, and you know, that sort of thing. I think would be, uh, would be the right thing to do. Um, but you know, first, I just want to say that I'm sorry to, to to hear about that. Um, but you know, if you want to, you know, give them that acknowledgement, um, I would definitely, you know, I would definitely do so by just, you know, kind of stopping the stream and saying, you know, this is what happened, you know, this is what's going on. Um, and just kind of keep people up to date, you know, in your community, um, if they, if they also know that person. So, you know, one thing that I did, um, I had a friend of mine, um, here locally in Thailand, um, they, um, they actually really awesome guy. Um, he did Amazon FBA and he helped other people cause he was successful and he helped other people, um, you know, kind of help, you know, kind of pave the road for them and teach them how to do what he was doing. And he was just really good at it and everybody loved him. He was a really nice guy. Um, but one of the things that he would do every, uh, every holiday is he would, um, have one Amazon project that he did. Um, and he'd usually partner up with others for it. And any of the money generated from that project, um, the stuff that they were selling, um, they would take it and then they would take it to, um, like here in Thailand, you know, like there's all types of, um, things here to where you can go and you can just like, you know, donate to like tribes and you can donate to like villages of people that just need help. And, uh, they would do that, um, every single year. And, um, he went on a motorcycle ride 
And uh, basically he was taking, you know, the money and all that stuff. And he went and he donated it to them um, over the holiday. And then on the way back, um, he was coming back here to Chiang Mai and, um, and he actually got ran off the road um, by a car and, um, and, you know, he didn't make it. And, um, uh, for that one, I ended up making like a tribute video for him, but, um, that one, I just posted it on Facebook. So I posted it on Facebook, you know, for him and his family so they could see, you know, I went through cause we did a podcast together. Um, and he was just a really uplifting guy. So one of the things that he did is at the end of every podcast, he would end it with a quote, like a motivational quote, um, or just a, you know, some meaningful quote, you know, that would, that would apply to what it was that we were talking about in the podcast. So what I did is I just sampled out in his case, because, you know, it was just related to the, you know, what it was that we were doing. But in his case, um, I just went and I, you know, went through all of that content. And in the tribute video, the entire video, um, I just put some music behind it. And then um, I basically just had him saying all these different quotes, you know, that he was that he said in the show. Um, and then um, I just put in you know, all these different pictures from his Facebook account and, you know, all of that. Um, um, and just from him, you know, some of the people here locally and stuff, our friend group and uh, and, and put that together as a tribute. But I posted it on Facebook. I didn't put it on my YouTube channel. Um, but, you know, like that was my way of just kind of, you know, because I had that skill set of putting videos together and being able to put something together in a way that, you know, would, um, uh, you know, just kind of, um, I, I don't know if help the situation, but kind of add to, you know, that situation. Um, so I just use my skill set for that. So another thing that you could do, the reason I'm telling you that, um, is another thing that you could do, um, is if there is anything that you could make or highlight or anything like that based on, you know, how that person contributed, um, then, or just any highlight, you know, about that person, um, that could also be another thing that you could do, um, as well. And if it's, if it's somebody that was really active in the community, even pulling the whole community together, you know, to work on a project for that person or in that person's name or something like that, um, you know, might also be something to, uh, consider. So, uh, so hopefully, um, you know, hopefully that, uh, you know, helped in some way. And again, super sorry to hear about the, uh, the loss. So, um, next up, it's, it's a hard one to move on from, right? <laughs> so, uh, next up, um, on our list here, we have uh, dino days performance parts. Um, LTD Honda says that, um, I use Google AdWords to boost my videos. Um, I get 10 times the views for about $30. Am I wasting my money, even though I target my audience? Yeah. So, um, if you really know what you're doing with ads, um, then in that case, your targeting might be okay. But even if you're targeting the right people, you still have to make sure that you can get people to click and enjoy the content. So you're going to see immediately. So what you want to do is your next video that you publish, don't run any ads to it and just see how people respond to it. And that's going to be a direct indicator on if what it is that you're doing is targeting correctly, plus you being able to get them to click and watch. So if you are publishing your videos and uh, um, you are running ad campaigns, then of course, you know, your views are going to be inflated because you're, you know, paying for views and you're paying to get them in front of people. Some of those people are going to respond and so on. But then once you stop spending that ad money or, you know, on specific videos, you don't spend that money, um, then you'll be able to see directly if you're able to get those people to respond when money's not involved. And if you find out that, yeah, these people aren't responding when I publish another video, then I would stop spending money immediately. And I would start working on, you know, the core things when it comes to your YouTube channel, which is the content and your thumbnail and title and the topics that you're making your videos about um, so that you can make sure that you can get that organic um, foundation or that solid foundation together. And then once you start getting some organic activity, then if you want to run ads from there, um, then, you know, that might be something to consider. Um, but really, um, you know, like if you're like just getting started, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that right now. Um, until you can prove that you have, um, or that you can get, uh, or an organic response. Um, let's see here. 
Um, next up on the list. Oh, not at all. Hey, it's totally cool. Yeah, not not at all. Don't even don't even worry about that. It's all good. You're you're fine. I'm just saying, like from my perspective, I'm like, okay, yeah. Moving on from that one, that's a it's a it's a it's a little bit of a uh, a jump there. Like just in my mind, right? Because I was like, you know, I I started thinking about Rob, and I was just kind of like, ah. So I was like, okay, you gotta gotta jump over that. <laughs> gotta jump over that one. Uh, gotta jump over that one there. Hey, what's up, Sean? Hope that you're doing fantastic, man. Hope that you are doing great. Thanks for swinging by the stream today. So yeah, happy Father's Day uh, to you as well. Sean's a new dad, uh, which is which is pretty awesome. I hope that you're enjoying that, Sean. So uh, let's see here. So I'm going to drop this in here, uh, Brian. Let's see here. So I did not get this one ready. This one here. Oops, wrong one. Boom. All right. There we go. Okay. Yep. Eight and a half months old. Yep. Getting there. Approaching that, approaching that one year mark. <laughs> so um, this year, the next question that we have here um, in the house while I'm waiting, um, I just dropped that link in there um, for, um, for you guys, uh, Brian. So as we keep on going through the list, we got Aisha by design taken care of next up. Hey, well, one thing that I want to mention also, um, since uh, Sean is in here, and I actually had this, I took a screenshot of this earlier today to make sure that I remembered it. So I'm super happy, um, Sean, that you came in here. That's the screenshot that I took, actually. So um, Sean is actually, so he does Grow With Video live um, as a conference, and he's doing it virtually. So normally he does it in Las Vegas. Um, but right now, um, because they're going to be doing it virtually, um, they're actually running, and I got this from his community feed, they're actually running a promotion right now, an early bird discount. Um, so just as a heads up, it's a virtual conference. So if you are a entrepreneur and you're using video for anything it is that you're doing, um, you definitely need to check this out. Um, so um, again, it's called Grow With Video Live, and you can find the URL for that at growwithvideolive.com. Um, in order to uh, in order to check that out, so I just wanted to bring that to your attention really quick. Um, I screenshotted it, but I completely forgot. Um, you know, once I started the stream today, so super uh, super glad that uh, that he popped in here um, for that. So um, let's see here. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, let's see here. Let me get my sounds together. So first, to help you stake your claim and amplify your message on YouTube. I bring you the one, the only, Brian G. Johnson. Brian G. Johnson in the house. What is up, Brian G.? Pure ridiculousness. It's uh, hey, great man. to be visiting you. Nice to see you, too. We are all about ridiculousness here. I don't try. It's very challenging work. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, Sean Cannell, also in the oh. house. Sean, man, I don't, have, I don't have an intro for you. So, hey. uh yeah, so hope you're doing fantastic, man. Nice to uh, see you hopping in the stream here as well. Hope that you are doing great. Hope you're doing as well. Uh, good as well. Rise and grind, Brian. Good to see you. Nimanati fam. Uh, fired up. It's been a minute uh, yeah. since uh, we got to hang out, and it's been a pandemic. And so uh, it's good to kind of catch up with you. It is, man. Absolutely. How are things, uh, how are things on your end? I mean, dad life. And so been figuring out uh, how to how to parent. I've got an eight and a half month old. My wife, Sonia, is doing amazing. First Father's Day weekend. So that's a whole new thing. Um, and uh, and then we're just doing the Think Media thing, man. And uh, it's exciting. And uh, working on some stuff with Benji's. Well. Yeah, you guys are killing it over there, man. Crushing. Love it. Absolutely love it. 
I appreciate that. Thanks for shouting out Growth Video Live as well. But really love what you're doing. I uh, love what Brian's doing with all of this art and the moon over the city and all this photography stuff he's doing and all the level up there. Man, you guys are both just some of the most generous um, people in this space with giving your time, your energy, your wisdom, your love. And so uh, just so grateful for this community, but especially what you two are doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I agree, man. Brian's stuff is awesome. I love some of those photos that he's posting on uh, Facebook as well. Like the videos are cool. And but some of the photos that might not necessarily make the video really cool nature stuff. So yeah. So if you guys want to see some really cool nature related footage, definitely check out some of the stuff Brian's been uploading lately. Really, yeah. really cool stuff. Good storytelling in there as well. Uh, guys, thank you so much. That means the world. And, and for me, you know, when I started, it was let's grow a channel. But I, I'm going to be honest, and I want to share a little bit for anybody watching that has dreams, aspirations, a big, meaty goal. Uh, really, it was to see how far can I go. And I started with a, it's called a cell phone. Uh, there it is, cell phone, and started with that and, and made some videos and drove hundreds of thousands of views. And today, I'm wondering who's going to foot the bill for the new $6,800 camera body, not even a lens, just a body. So I can take better photos and create more epic uh, B-roll and just really move forward. So, you know, I think when you can when you can answer the question, what am I trying to do beyond subs? What makes my content unique and different? At that point, you've got not just a chance; it's just a matter of time. Totally. And you know, another thing that I think is really cool um, about YouTube just in general is, you know, like in your case, Brian, you know, like, you know, you've built an audience and now that you have that audience, like it's really easy for you to share these other things that you're passionate about as well. Like, I think that's a really cool thing about YouTube is that it, you know, gives you that opportunity to, you know, get like, you know, hopefully you're making content about stuff. I know you are, Brian, but I'm saying for everybody watching, hopefully you're making content about stuff that you care about already. But in addition to that, you know, just as humans, we care about a bunch of different things. So because of that, you know, just having those moments to where maybe it's in your community feed, maybe it's in a story, maybe it's in an entire video, if it would resonate with your audience in some way, but to where you get to, you know, also share those other aspects of your creativity, just awesome. You know, it's one of the things I well, really, thanks. really love. And, you know, it's just, I think you have to ask yourself what matters more. And for me, for a long time, it was, I wanted to compete. I wanted to tee up right next to Sean, like bring it on. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I don't give a crap. I'm just going to see wh where it can take me. But at some point, you know, you cross that line and, and then other things matter more. So for me, it's just like I want to continue growing and, and telling stories. And it's just nice to hear you guys both, you know, share the love. So thanks. It means a lot. And Sean just always had, you know, so much respect for you. And it's really great to see you and your, your, your newborn and it's Father's Day. And we're just hanging out and... Gosh, I just miss seeing the gang. You know what I mean? I can't wait to to be at an event soon and, and just, uh, you know, share some stages, share some stories and hang out because a lot of good people in this community. And you're We're turning that corner. We're definitely turning that corner. I feel so, it coming back. Uh, I feel it's been so yeah. long. There was a season so, so consistent. And uh, I'm curious uh, who here is ready to go back to an in-person event? Maybe you've never even been to one. Would you, are you ready to go back to an in-person event? Um, and uh, there's just so many great ones in the space. I mean, Vid Summit's in person this year. Video Marketing World is in person. People of Video. I don't yeah. know. 
Is yeah. that yeah, a yeah. lot of ones even this year? And then of course, I feel like next year it'll be full swing. NAB is happening in Vegas, and everything kind of shifted, like the calendar shifted. So that's the first time we're going to be back, uh, looking at some of the latest tech and excited about some of the new things that are dropping as well, um, in this space. So, um, you guys ready to answer some questions? You guys want to uh, get some questions going here? So, for everybody hanging out in the chat right now, if you have a question um, about what it is that you're on YouTube, make sure you put a Q in front of it um, so that we can make sure that we know that it's for us and that it's not, you know, a side conversation happening in the chat. So, um, if you have, you know, right now we have some, you know, great expertise on the screen right now. We got Brian G. Johnson, we got Sean Cannell, and uh, both of these guys have tons of YouTube related experience um, and they help a lot of other content creators as well. So, like, you're in great hands here. So if you have a question, now's like an, a great opportunity to drop those questions. So the very first one that we got here um, is from Worthy Prince. Worthy Prince says, I noticed an increase in companies emailing me asking to join them for advertising to increase my revenue um, as an alternative to AdSense. Are there company, are these companies legit or should they be avoided? So um, what you're talking about there is an MCN. Um, and then there's some other ones that are trying to come at you from a different approach um, to where they're trying to pretend that they're not an MCN, but they're kind of trying to be an MCN. So what are your, what are your thoughts, fellas, on, um, uh, on MCNs in general and if people should work with an MCN? Well, I'd be pretty leery. I think, uh, I, think I, I would probably say nine times out of 10 or 99% of the time, uh, you kind of just got to ask what's in it for them and what's in it for you. And um, realize there's going to be some kind of a value exchange. And more, more than likely, a lot of MCNs, they want channels that are approved for AdSense or that are generating views to take that 20 bucks from you, that 40 bucks from you, that $200 from you to just take your piece and what are you going to get in return? So uh, I would, I'm curious what Brian would say. I don't know if it's never a good idea, but chances are it probably isn't. And you really want to make sure you read the fine print. And back in the day, MCNs, people would get into contracts one, two years too. And then all of a sudden be like, shoot, I'm giving up uh, 10, 20, 30% of my revenue for what? To, you know, what are you going to get? And sometimes they give you some royalty free music. Well, you can get that. Like there's other places to get it. They give you, they're going to say they're going to introduce you to brand, maybe. Um, but uh, that's, that's kind of my thoughts. Brian? Yeah. Um, great answer. For me, uh, I've never ever run into anybody ever that shares a story where I'm like, yeah, join that and do that. Never. Because like Sean just said, like, okay, oh, they're going to give me music. Well, you're going to give up 20% of your revenue. Two years down the line, you're making thousands of dollars, giving away hundreds of dollars a month for a $15 a month subscription. Right. That's insanity. The thing I want to encourage you with always is to get really clear on what you're trying to achieve and how you're going to get there. That's it. It's simple. It's not rocket science. And when you follow that and you keep that in mind, like my goal is audience development, views, subscribers, brand deals, real, real companies that I believe in reaching out to me, then when you get something like this through your email, you don't focus on it because that focus is powerful. The thing that's going to get you the views and the subs is up here coming up with an amazing video idea. And I can't tell you how many times I see people that are not focused on what matters mo most. You can't do it. If you're not focused on what matters most, uh, growth is already so hard. Fact of the matter is less than 3% make it to 10,000 subscribers. Focus and really save your energy to allow you to get where you want to go. 
Yeah, and one of those things also, like, you know, when you get those emails, um, you know, because I know a lot of you here, most of you are under a thousand subscribers. So when when you get those emails, you know, other things that they'll say in some of those emails is they'll say things about, you know, if you have a problem with copyright, we'll help you and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, just keep in mind that, you know, it's marketing people that are sending that information. So they know exactly what it is that you're concerned about and things like that, trying to get you to sign up and they're using that information to try to get you on board. So, you know, just like, you know, like, Sean mentioned before, you know, just think, you know, what are they actually getting out of this and what real value does it bring to me? So, you know, some of them will offer vidIQ or TubeBuddy, um, you know, as one of the things um, they'll offer like an Epidemic Sound subscription. But with that, you know, it, it all comes at, you know, could come at like a long term cost because let's say that you do sign a contract with them of some kind and then let's say tomorrow you publish a video that ends up, you know, putting your channel into some serious momentum, then in that case, and every video you publish from that day forward, you know, also get serious momentum, then you put yourself in a situation where you could have easily taken care of those things, you know, in another way without having to, you know, without having to use them. So uh, next question that we have on our list says, um, is it, oh, here, let's go here. Um, when you first start making videos, um, how do you have thousands of viewers to your videos? Um, I hope that you will help me with your advice. So let's go ahead and just take this one down to the down to uh, the reality level. So when you first started making videos, Brian, um, how many views were you getting on your videos? Uh, I mean, actually, I did pretty good to my early videos. But right. what was not apparent is that reality in real time. So what I mean by that is I published a video and I drove a few hundred views and I thought, man, this is so hard. But I did a really good job. And this is what I want to share. I'm going to bounce it to Sean. I did a really good job of understanding, again, what I'm trying to achieve and how I'm going to get there. That's called strategy. This is not checkers. Like, this is not YouTube, throw some stuff up. It's 19, uh, 2007, rather. No, no, this is like 2021. And you have to be really smart. So take a little time. Think about who you want to attract. Like, what I did is I knew I wanted to talk about YouTube. But when I started, I could not compete with Sean because I did not have the abilities, skills and abilities to get what I want. So what did I do? I looked for something outside, which is basically mobile phone, video editing, iMovie. And I didn't make one. I'm like, this is good. And I know even if I choose the right niche, it might not work the first time. So I published 10 videos and a few of them started doing good. Now, what do you think happens? Someone clicks on a video about a very specific topic. They like the content. Are they going to be more likely to click another video on the same topic from my channel when I've already proven myself? Yes. And what's so interesting is a lot of those early videos are some of the best performing videos on my channel because it's less competitive. I heard someone, and I'm going to bounce it in 30 seconds. You know, once we start talking, man, it just the flow. <laughs> Here's the thing. When you get started, uh, do yourself a favor and be realistic with the odds and the likelihood that your video is going to blow up. And keep stepping up and always say, what is it the audience wants? They don't care about tags. The more you focus on a great storyline, communication, ability to edit a great video together that delivers on what they want, the more likely you can move forward and get views. So focus on those things. And, and to Nick's point, it, man, a, a lot of my videos didn't do very well. Keep stepping up. Sean, first videos. Man, I mean, 
I, the first videos I started posting was in 2007 for my local church. And I, we were in a small town. I can't even believe that we were that progressive. Churches are usually 10 years behind. YouTube was two years old. And we probably posted 100 videos. And first, first, I mean, 10 views, 15, 55, you know. Um, and then fast forward a couple of years later, um, started a vision for my video production business called Clear Vision Media, which wasn't actually really value-based for any viewer. It was more of a portfolio, although some of the videos that were educational or other videographers learned from them did all right over time. Uh, but I think the principle is this. Um, I've learned that those who reach a level of success have probably failed more uh, than and failed faster than those who are waiting to get it right on that first try. Um, I have multiple failed YouTube channels, but I'm a big believer that it's not actually failure, that sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. And if it wasn't for all these videos that I posted, there was wins along the way, uh, but they didn't, they're not the thing I'm doing today. Think International was a channel where we interviewed a lot of pastors, leaders, faith-based people. So that was my first foray into interviews. Uh, my first foray into a lot of video production. We did 250 videos on that channel. My, my personal channels, like a hundred videos, uh, early days. And these were all terrible, but they were all my learning curve. So I, I like to encourage people. Uh, I mean, if you've posted three videos, 30 or even 300, that can still very much be your development season where you're sharpening your skills, even finding your niche, finding out, uh, you know, and then use that season in obscurity to prepare you for popularity. Sometimes it's a blessing to be hidden and not get views because you're just in your practice season. And, and we don't really watch people practice. We watch them once they step into the game. But if you're going to be great when you step into the game and all of a sudden, boom, you trigger the algorithm. Like Brian, to my knowledge from our relationship is, yeah, you, you stepped onto YouTube and maybe had results right up front, but you had years in digital marketing yeah. And sharp, like you came in with a lot of wisdom and learning and you'd absorbed a lot of things. We all have that development season, that kind of hidden season. So especially for if you're watching this right now, uh, you might be there. Keep pressing in, keep publishing videos because that's kind of an education. That's your learning nuances and you're really strengthening your video creation muscles uh, for that moment when something clicks. Maybe you even pivot niches or pivot channels or pivot what you're doing but you may not have ever had that realization if you weren't publishing videos and learning as you went. Yeah, and on my end, like uh, like my first like goal that I had when I was starting the channel, I mean, I came on to collect email addresses was the initial thing, but like when I started publishing videos, um, like my first thing was like, hey, let's see if I can get 200 views. And then after that, it was like, okay, now I'm getting 100 views on a video. Let's see if I can get 200 views in like the first hour through all the different places I was sharing at the time or spamming, we'll just go ahead and call it. Um, so <laughs> so basically when I first started making um, my videos uh, on YouTube, um, you know, it was, it was about stuff like, uh, you know, like how to be productive and that sort of thing. And at the time, um, Google uh, Plus was still alive. And, you know, you could go in there and you could share in the groups around all of these, you know, related things kind of like, you know, you could sort of not really do on Facebook now. Um, but basically with Google Plus, I would go in there and I'd find like, you know, personal development, you know, groups and I would share my content in there. Or if it was something about video ideas and I would share it in video marketing groups or YouTube groups or whatever. And, uh, and that was kind of, you know, my thing to where it was like, okay, now I got 100 views. Now let me see if I can get 100 views in an hour. And then I went through the process of figuring out the specific places that I could share my content that it would get a good response. 
And then that was basically part of my, you know, process when I would publish videos at that time to hit that for hundred views an hour. And then of course, you know, I started, you know, continuing to grow from there. So, um, you know, initially, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's rough, you know, <laughs> it's, it's rough when you're, when you're first, you know, starting to, uh, you know, to do this stuff, it's really rough, you know, kind of like Brian, how he came in, um, with a background in digital marketing, you know, I had done a lot of, you know, service work in terms of freelance work. So, you know, I, I knew how to edit videos a little bit. Um, I had graphic design background, so I knew how to make thumbnails. Um, I did a little bit of blog stuff for clients in the past. So I knew how to write headlines a little bit and all of that stuff helped me, but I still, you know, it took me five months to get my first 150 subscribers on my YouTube channel. So even with that stuff, you know, it still took me, you know, a while to, um, to actually get rolling. So if you're in that process right now, you know, like, uh, you know, like these guys were saying, you know, hang in there because, uh, you know, you like with anything that you do, like you can't expect to just get started and then just all of a sudden, you know, everything be awesome. And, and everybody that you see on the screen right now, um, all of us have, you know, attained a level of success, you know, on YouTube and we all use YouTube for what it is that we do. However, we're all still constantly trying to improve with all of the different stuff that Always. we're going to well. It never ends. So like, you know, when you're first getting started, you're just in a different part of the learning curve, but like we're still in the learning curve too, because, you know, there's always stuff that we can do better, always things that we're trying to improve on um, as well. So keep that in mind also. Nick, I want to just add a little bit to that. Uh, I want to ask you in the audience, I want you just to be honest and think to yourself for a moment, what are my expectations when I publish a video? Because one of the things you can do is you can lean towards the people that have the results you want. And one of the things Nick just said was when I started, my goal was to get a few hundred views. And what I see, and I don't want to point any fingers at anybody, but what I do see is I see a whole lot of people having expectations that are just based on Fantasy Island. Do you remember the, the TV show, Boss, Boss, The Plane? It's like... If you're just getting started, if you've published 10 videos, then you have no reason to have the expectations to be able to drive the views, engagement, uh, really a channel of video virality that is not realistic. And you're looking at someone that's been doing it for years and years. If you're going to judge, if you're going to say it's just not fair, why can't I get any views? Do yourself a favor. Go back to the channel that you're judging and comparing when you play that compare game and look at how many videos they've published. Look at how long they've done it and then get real with yourself. And when you do that, the thing I would encourage you to help you move forward is find the fun. It, this is freaking amazing. We're, we're, we're big kids. We make, we make movies man, and games. I prefer man babies. Man babies. Me and me and Nick, we've rapped. I think I'm a documentary filmmaker. Nobody can stop me. Who's <laughs> going to stop me? Like, this is a blast. But if you think you're going to have the, the uh, results of someone that's done it for a long time, it probably is not going to be the case. But when you start getting realistic and you want to learn, sky is the limit. But keep in mind, though, like, you know, you can publish videos like you, you can come onto YouTube, you can publish, you know, within your first handful of videos, you can publish a video that people really dig and, you know, and you can get rolling. So, you know, don't hear this information and think like, oh, that means that I can't have a good video because you can. You absolutely can. Um, but like the idea 
is that, you know, if you're still in that process of like, you know, hey, I'm still just trying to learn how to make a thumbnail, man. Like if you're still in that process, then, you know, of course, you know, you have to go through that in order to, you know, be able to get people to, you know, click from the outside to get people in to see your awesome content. So, uh, so, you know, just keep that in mind though. Like you can have, you know, good videos early. Um, our next question here is from Milky Eagle. Love the channel name. Says, um, what's more important? Um, which is more important? Is it the thumbnail or the tags, title, and other stuff? I tested some videos and videos without good thumbnails gained more views. I was able to get a thousand views um, on the others 30 views. So, all right, guys, the most important things when it comes to YouTube. This is going to be gold. I know this is going to be gold. So if anybody has a notepad, go ahead and get it out because this is going to be awesome. Okay, so who wants to go first on this one? Go ahead and Sean, take it. Sean, let's go. Let's just bounce it back fast. Just start hitting answers. I'd say that uh, great question, Milky Eagle, but uh, you didn't write the most important thing in there. Superior to thumbnail, superior to title, definitely superior to tags is the topic itself. Boom. It's the big idea <laughs> of the video and it informs everything else. And in fact, it, you could, if you didn't upload a thumbnail and you got more views, it's because people wanted to click on that content and they were interested in what the video was about. If you create a thumbnail, that is like the Mona Lisa and it's like the Sistine Chapel. Like all of us are like, oh my gosh, we've never seen a thumbnail that's that beautiful. And if you studied the great copywriters, meaning those who write persuasive marketing copy or book authors, Mark Twain rises from his grave to commend the title you wrote on your video. If people don't want the subject matter, if they're not interested in the topic, they might be, they will scroll through their feed and be like, wow, that's a beautiful thumbnail. What a well-written title onto the next thing because they're not into the topic. So coming up with the right top topics and understanding your audience and the viewer you're trying to reach and what they want to hear about, learn about, what will really get them to click and what they're interested in watching, that's where everything starts. And then there's a sequence that I think Brian can follow up with from there. You know, the thing that I love is that it's really complicated and confusing when you start. But if you, if you keep focused and you pay attention, when you listen to those that have the results you want, you will continue to hear the same advice again and again and again. Some people are like, oh, I want to hear something new. Well, we ain't got it because we're based in reality. We're based on how to really get the results. And I knew Sean was going to say topic. There ain't nothing else on the planet that's more powerful than a great topic. Now, here's a little extra secret sauce. And then, Nick, add on. This is fun. So you got to create a title that allows the algorithm to see that this is the topic. That's called a keyword. So stick it in there. If you really want to boost, start your video title with that keyword. But you also have to get the viewer to click. So you have to make it compelling. You have to create a video title in a topic that stands out, is unique, has a big promise. Like my thing, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just share and be honest. I've, I've done the same video like three or four times because it's a wor it, it works. Like I'm tired of it now. I can't do it anymore. It's literally the same thumbnail. It's the same topic. It's the same title, I should say. Um, but it works because it's, it's based on what you guys want, how to get more views on YouTube. And the first year I did three minutes. So what do you think I did in, in the second year? Two minutes. I'm like, well, let's, let's do it better. You know? And some people said clickbait, but the truth of the matter is I shared a method to get more views to your videos in a few minutes, which is based on like changing 
the thumbnail to grab attention, but you have to be, you have to compel people to click. And that means you've got to focus on the audience and you have to understand what's in their mind. Here's an easy way to do it. You figure out what they want beyond the, the topic. So how to get views? What do they want beyond that? Fast. What's better than fast? Really specific, like in two minutes. Um, when you start leaning into that kind of thing, you'll be you'll be better off. The second way to compel people to click is think about what they're afraid of. Now, I typically don't go into this too often. I'd rather be based in positivity, but there are a lot of people that will go with fear. Like, I don't want to pray uh, with that. I'm one of want... those people. I just put out a video about four things that'll get your YouTube channel deleted, and that video is rocking. So right. I don't I, I just, I, what know? I'm trying I like to say is there, there's definitely a fine line, though. Like, I see a lot of people that lean so much into that that it becomes doom and gloom. None of us on the screen right now are a part of that. But basically, when you, tr when you understand how to connect with someone's emotion, or even better, when you trigger their emotions, that's why we call it triggered. I, I got triggered. What do you think, Nick? So I think that, ladies and gentlemen, Benji Travis should give us his opinion on this as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Well, what's up, guys? Thank you. What's up, Benji? Hope you're doing great, man. Rockstar yeah. live stream. So I've been most, uh, important, most important things when it comes to when it comes to YouTube. Well, yeah. I've I've been listening for the last half hour, and I wanted to echo some things about br what Brian said. Uh, you always are looking for new strategies or shortcuts and there really isn't any. And I want to bring up something that, you know, has been a big part of my life, which is martial arts. So I'm a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. And no. if I was, if I was going to teach a whole bunch of new kids, I'm not even thinking about any advanced kicks or spinning butterfly hook or 360 back kick. I literally start them out with a stance, okay? The most basic stuff. They have to stand there with their feet apart, uh, knees bent, hands to the side, and do like the most basic punches that honestly don't even work like in a fight or a defense, but it's the basic stuff you have to go through. And so I love what Sean was saying about his time at the church. That was the, uh, the reverse punch, right? 200 times and then when he started uploading for himself that was like doing the art kick or the the high roundhouse so i think youtube is just like any other sport any kind of hobby skill profession you have to get the basics down first and what you don't see and i love that sean brought this up about uh, brian as well you didn't see like the decade before where Brian was working his ass off in his profession or even any job. Like there's certain skills that you learn in any industry that you could apply here. Look at Roger Wakefield. I know that he was in the chat. I mean, the reason he's so successful at becoming being a plumber YouTuber is because he was a badass plumber for like 30 years, right? So then when he finally did come onto camera and talked about plumbing, he had the chops to talk about it. Too many people put uh, success on YouTube into this box of like these strategies or these courses or these how-to tips when really like it's everything. And so sometimes young people especially, but anybody that maybe has been lost or, you know, just starting a new YouTube channel is like, what should my channel be about? It's like, well, well go live some life and figure out what that is first. Because I've seen really bad editors, people that have no business being on YouTube, 
doesn't know how to use a camera blowing up. I think a great example of this, and I know I use it quite often is Janelle, the, um, the girl that does. Hey, yeah. Right. The mm -hmm. van life girl. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. One thing people don't understand about what makes her great is she loves living in a van. When you watch that first video and she does a tour of her van, she's literally been living there every single day of her life. And you cannot undervalue that passion and that experience that she brought onto camera. Yes, the editing I thought was pretty good. It, it was decent, you know, like footage, but I think she used her phone for that, right? I don't think she used anything fancy. And if, if she did, none of that. I mean, there's plenty of people that create Casey Neistat level vlogs that barely get any views. It was a fact that she could relate to the audience in a way that most people can't. Because most people, when they're starting the van life, especially like people aspiring to be a van life YouTubers, they just started off like maybe six months ago. I know I have friends that have just started living in a van. Uh, I think that she's been living in a van for a long time. And so experience, life, life, wisdom, all those things. And uh, so, and by the way, I'm just coming in. So I don't know exactly what the question was, but um, when I was hearing Sean talk about his start, I thought about video influencers. It's a channel Sean and I started to interview influencers. I remember our first interview was with this high level YouTuber. His name is Tim Delaghetto at the time, probably one of the most famous people I knew. Even though in my world, I was getting like hundreds of thousands, if not like a half a million views per vlog. That first episode, I think I lost like a thousand views. And I didn't even care. Like I was grateful for every person that watched and I promoted that video. But I was focused on when am I going to do my hundredth interview? So even as a seasoned uh, you know, YouTuber, when I start a brand new channel... Uh, I'm not in it for the first 10 videos. I'm in it for like the first year, the first hundred. Um, then I'll see where I'm going to go because I just understand, especially if you're changing a niche, you, you just got to put in the work and get your name out there. So I think cream rises to the top for a reason. And it's because you're just better. And so if you're not, I was listening to Jordan Peterson this morning while I was riding the Peloton bike. And uh, he says, one of the best things you can learn about yourself is that your life sucks, okay? Or that you're not good at something. Because once you realize that, you can better yourself. Rather than looking for the shortcuts, you're like, oh, damn, like, I'm not doing this right. I need to find the answers. And that is not a mind-blowing revelation here, okay? Like, I'm sure all of us on screen can relate to this one way or the other, <clears throat> that uh, improvement leads to mastery. So I'd say, uh, I, you know what? I, I do believe the platform has changed over the course of the decade. And I'm one of those unique guys that started in 2008. But it only has improved to the point where it makes the basics even more important. It mm -hmm. actually puts more weight on the video, less on all the optimization techniques and all the other uh, things. So sorry for that rant. I've literally just been oh, like great. getting, no, that getting was awesome. inspired by all of your answers and your wisdom. You know, Benji, I, uh, I said something in a video a while ago and everyone was like, that has to be a t-shirt and it is. And Jordan P Peterson is like, you know, your life sucks. And mine was embrace your suckage. Cause it's true when you look and, and literally this sounds kind of goofy, but I just want to make learning fun. Yeah. But when you, and this is kind of how I teach people and I, how I've grown myself is I'm always looking for the weakest link with the most important things. Like these are the 12 most important things. Nothing else matters. 
Like, I don't mm -hmm. care about tags because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I cannot get what I want with YouTube tags. They're just not that important. But how about delivery? Janelle, storytelling. She told the story, story better than 99%. And furthermore, whether she used a phone or a fancy camera, her filming techniques were really great. And the way she used music, like she did it at a high level. So when you say that this is the part of my video, like me and Nick, we did a video back in the day and, and Nick's brother D said, who's this bozo? The audio is horrible. And I said, how did you let me get, uh, how did you let me get away with that, Nick? And you said, well, you were doing everything you could at the time to improve that. And now today, you know, my audio is pretty good and my, and well, actually it's great. You know, it's like all the stuff kidding. I do. <laughs> You know, I, I still have a long way to go, but like, I think when you really embrace that you have to get better, it is the content. That's what drives the results you want. Yeah. On that note, real quick, the tags is interesting because I agree, like tags don't nearly have the same importance as it once did. But going back to my Taekwondo, the tags are like that reverse punch that you'll probably never use. But it just teaches you the fundamentals of how to think about your YouTube videos. I, I love that. That's you a, know, and, and for me, when I when I hear that, when I hear that though, what I worry about is I see so many creators that have a really hard time making the distinction between what matters and what doesn't. So I tend to lean on the other side, for but sure. I think let me show you, you a reverse punch. Okay. This is a reverse yeah. punch. <laughs> this ain't going to do anything for anybody. Right? So this is, this is how people are using tags. They're going like this all day long, all <laughs> day long. And there's nothing coming out of it. Okay. But it's going to teach you like the journey, right? So the one thing I learned from Sean, that is probably the most valuable thing. Anybody that would ask that question is research and plan and prepare to record your videos. If you do that, that's like 90% of the battle. Most people are doing just the reverse punches. They're just doing the other 10%. And you said this, Brian, probably like 45 minutes ago, 10% is 90% of their ROI. And that 10%, honestly, is the video. It's like, what are you actually doing with somebody? I know that people, you know, like rag on people saying, you know, add value or have a value proposition. But that is the whole point of YouTube. Like the reason I go onto this platform and I'm searching for something, or even when I let the algorithm do the work, I'm expecting to get something. If I don't get something, I might go to Instagram or I might go to like, uh, a, a, like a motivational like story or like a, a novel or something like that. So that is the basic thing that if you don't understand that, you're not going to get anywhere. Anyways, I'll shut up. Sean, what's up, man? That was Dude, great. See you. Happy Father's Day weekend. Oh, thank you. You too. So uh, really quick, create with Dre. Thank you for the super Man, that happens. Uh, there we go. So uh, thank super you for the super chat. chat. It says, um, epic panel today and enjoy the knowledge lessons learned from each of you. Um, no question, just taking notes, pencil and mental. Um, and I'll reflect when it's all done. Much love to each of you and keep inspiring, creating. Thank you for that, create with Dre. Much appreciated, my friend. Um, so the um, just some quick feedback on that as well. Just when it comes to YouTube, you know, instead of trying to find like the thing, also just focus on all the things um, as well. So of course, work on each individual thing, um, you know, like as an individual thing. But also, you know, when it comes to YouTube, like all of the things are important. You know, like you, you, you have to be able to come up with good video ideas. You have to be able to get people to click. You have to learn how to get people to click. You have to learn how to get people to watch. You have to learn, you know, things that will trigger people to take certain actions. 
interactions, if you want people to share your content, if you want people to comment more, if you want people to subscribe at a higher rate, you know, those types of things, you know, you have to, you know, go through that process of learning all of these different things, even within like, if you look at video editing, right? Like, you know, when it comes to video editing, you have like, you know, software opens up, oh my gosh, what's all this stuff? And you have to go through the process of learning, you know, okay, this is this tool right here is going to help me cut something. This tool right here lets me move something this, wow, I just found this ripple delete. What, what is this? This changed my life, this ripple delete. Now I don't have to move things around as much. So now I'm you know speeding up my workflow. But basically, you know, you have to learn how to do all of the things like on YouTube and you have to learn all of the things in terms of, you know, making the videos as good as you can for YouTube before you even upload them in the first place. Mastery, so, you know, like that, what Sean, Sean mentioned. Yeah. Mastery. Yep. Because it's like a lot of people like I did that. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Like, let me just I'm going to do a Roberto Blake. And it's like you can't say you made a thumbnail. And you did it because like, I'm thinking Bruce Lee here. I want to be the guy that makes 10,000 thumbnails and makes something beautiful. And I'll never achieve that. But Vince Lombardi, you know, we can attain perfection, but we can strive to become the very best versions of ourselves possible. And when you do that, all of a sudden it all comes together. So I just, I think it's really important to say, this is what's important. And I'm going to focus and, and become a master which sounds arrogant. I'm not a master. I'm a freaking buffoon. But you know what? It's like this buffoon has got 11 million views. So, and that's good yeah, enough for me. I think another thing too, Brian, is like, you know, when it comes to, you know, like mastering something is I think that, it you know, it's more about dangling the carrot more than it is actually obtaining it. Because, you know, I think part of, you know, improving in anything, whatever it is, is, you know, you get to that certain point to where it's like, hey, you know, I want to get to this point. But then once you get to that point, it's like, okay, well, what else can I do? Like, how can I make it even better than this? So it's like, you know, like the goalpost is always moving, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, as you're, you know, creating YouTube content that, you know, you get to a point to where things are, you know, like, hey, I've, you know, I've got to the point to where things are competitive. And then you can kind of stagnate there if you want, or you can say, okay, now I'm going to roll up my sleeves for another, you know, episode, so to speak, not episode, but another period of time. And we're going to, you know, try to, you know, improve things even better and, you know, make our videos better and present better and come up with even better video ideas and all that good stuff. So, you know, it's always, you know, the goalpost is always moving. So um, let's see here. So for, for some more questions here really quick, um, we got salad cream boy. Thank you for the super, super chat. chat says all my favorite teachers on one screen. It's like a YouTube gasm. <laughs> um, is it better to use shorts um, to introduce your long videos um, or add more value? So um, everybody on screen here, anybody can start with this. Um, we're extremely flexible here. Um, so for the YouTube shorts, should you use shorts to introduce your long form videos or should you just use them to add more value? What are your thoughts? Anybody who wants to go first? Long form value. I, it's it's kind of going to be short-sighted. Maybe not not worth doing, but the short should stand alone. And a good short that stands alone and adds value on its own has a chance to have unending recommendations in the short shelf. If it's just a video that is a utility that sort of maybe points to a longer video, um, it, I don't know if that'd be worth your time. You could still do it. may not be harmful. may reach some of your audience, remind them to check something else out. There may be a few ways you could do it to actually make a bridge by having a shorter version that points to other videos. But one of the, my biggest tip on YouTube shorts is update your YouTube app and start watching YouTube shorts because success leaves clues. And when you start seeing what's being recommended to you and what types of videos are working, I've like never been recommended a video that was just a promotion for another video. It was a complete idea in and of itself and it's being pushed to me in the uh, shorts player on the app. And if you haven't updated your app, get there. 
start consuming, start, start swimming in the shorts waters to see what you can learn. You know, Excellent. You know I think for me, uh, there's a really important question that has to become, that has to come before that. And I, I alluded to this earlier, like, what do you want to do? Cause here's the thing. It's like, I, I'm a YouTube educator. I like to share about the platform, YouTube shorts. And I did that, but you know, it's like, it's not really what I want to do. And furthermore, when you're thinking about that, you're thinking about how to get the views and the way to get the views is to make incredible content. And as soon as you start thinking about how do I create incredible content, whether it's a short, if you're into shorts, do that. And then focus on how to make this piece of content incredible versus how to move this over here to trigger the algorithm with the tag or the short. Like you're not focused on the audience in that moment. So I would say, Focus your energy on what you love. I, I love I love story. I love long form content. I'm going for this hero's journey. This is the challenge. Can I create an epic picture of this of the supermoon? You know, vlog for three days, tell a story, edit it together, 10 minute video. Like that satisfied my soul. And if I keep doing that, I'm confident that that will help me grow and gain the audience that I want. So I would say if you are really excited about shorts, like Sean said, then make great shorts. But if you're really excited about long form content, then why are you wasting your time when you could focus on making a freaking epic video? And that's how we get views. When the audience really responds, that's when you'll get the views. And it doesn't matter what it is. Like, you know, if it's a short or a long piece of content, like if it's awesome and people love it, then, you know, then YouTube's going to keep showing it to people until they start showing it to the wrong people that, that don't respond as positively to it. So, you know, because of that, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a shorts or a piece of long form content, like, you know, the response still has to be there. Like just because you make a short, for example, doesn't mean that you, that that shorts automatically going to do well, people still need to respond to that. So because of that, that's why you don't want to use it as just a, you know, Hey guys, I just uploaded a new video. You can use your stories for that if you want to. Um, but in terms of the short self, like, you know, it's content. So because of that, put content there um, if you are going to use it. And I would also consider like, okay, if I'm publishing a short, then I also want to make sure that that short is also something that would resonate with the core audience that I'm trying to reach with my long form content as well. Um, so that you can make sure that, you know, you're still reaching the right people with everything it is that you are uh, doing. Any additional thoughts? Yeah. The only thing I would add is um, YouTube shorts is not a shortcut to success and even though it's this new thing that's getting a lot of attention, like Sean said, it's its own world. And the reason, if I guess if you understood the motivation, then it would make it a little more clear where the value is and how to leverage it. YouTube Shorts is YouTube's answer to TikTok dominating this new generation, this new form of content that people are just addicted, literally addicted to, right? Because it isn't about search. It's not even really about discovery. It's just you go on, they test a whole bunch of videos in front of you. And over time, based on your viewing behavior, they're just going to feed you a whole bunch of stuff. So go to shorts. What's interesting, it takes up the whole screen and there isn't a lot of places to escape. And you just swipe through, right? Like think of how Snapchat was so confusing to people. So just realize the fundamentals of YouTube work for YouTube shorts, but it's still to succeed on YouTube shorts. Now you can promote long form content on it. And I've actually met YouTubers who have gone all in on YouTube shorts. We're talking half a billion views and now their long form content is getting more views. But 
That's because they uploaded so many shorts. We're talking about hundreds of shorts. They committed all in to the point where, I mean, what's the point of doing the long form content if that's what they want to do? Um, but, you know, if you're just dabbling in it, that's all it's going to be. It's not going to work. Every sure. single platform on social media, this is the principle. If you want to succeed on that platform, you have to live on that platform and stay on that platform. All of us can probably agree to this over the years, the whole idea of promoting content from another uh, a platform to YouTube, it doesn't work as well. And the platforms don't like it either. Like they don't like seeing people leave. So why would they promote it? Like I, I don't know of any CEO or head of some kind of uh, tech company that has an app that, that could be responsible for letting traffic leave. They're trying to keep you on the app a hundred percent. So I, I believe, and so with YouTube shorts, a little bit different, right? Because of course that's kind of the point. That's what makes YouTube shorts kind of unique because it's still on YouTube, but the fundamentals are still the same. So you have to really crush it on YouTube shorts to succeed there. And if you want long-term, you can promote your longer form content to succeed. It, it is being done, but um, I think YouTube shorts opportunity is there <laughs> in that format. Next up, Super we have uh, Dear Dana says, um, why does YouTube allow dark battles between YouTubers in these YouTuber streets um, <laughs> trying to take creators down? Um, so no, um, so YouTube um, themselves, like they don't try to, you know, take content creators down. Um, uh, they do limit some content. Like if, if people are talking about, you know, conspiracies and, you know, things like that, some, you know, aspects of politics and that sort of thing. Um, definitely, you know, cause some issues. Um, but outside of that, you know, YouTube is actually trying to show like if you make good content they're just trying to serve the users of the platform so because of that they're actually trying to um you know just make sure the users are happy and if you can help them accomplish that goal of making content that their users respond to positively then it's a win um in terms of battles between youtubers in terms of you know like if like if if benji and i if we're like you know hey dude let's let like if i'm like oh you're a black belt huh let's do it and then we start doing like you know youtube stuff and then he starts beating me up because he's a black belt um then in that case I made the note, by the way, Benji, to never, ever like cross you in any way, shape. <laughs> by the way, Sean's known me for 10 years. And he's never seen me ever use it. So don't worry. I don't ever. I can tell you that if, you know, if we're hanging out at a conference or something, I am going to be hanging out with you. Like if we go outside, because <laughs> like if something does go down, I definitely want you like in my proximity, you know, when it goes down. So Illuminati so, security. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would, I'd be proud to do that, by the way, for you. <laughs> but in terms of, you know, um, you know, content creators, you know, going against each other. I mean, that's kind of, you know, you'll see that, you know, in music, you'll see it, you know, on YouTube, you'll see it in entertainment in general. Like, that's just, you know, a thing that happens. I don't think that it's something that, you know, YouTube necessarily polices, you know, too much um, just because it's, you know, people just talking, you know, stuff about each other. So and, I, I wouldn't even like worry. It's, it's entertainment. Like often yeah. it's planned out. It's like, we just want to entertain you and we know we're going to draw, draw you in because it's, um, it's triggering and it's emotion and whatnot. So next Super up, we've got trash. a chess giant saying any advice on hitting 10,000 subscribers? Does the approach change as we go grow bigger or not really thoughts? Whoever wants it. So, so the thing to go ahead, Sean, I'll follow up. Well, I was just going to say, you know, what is interesting is when starting out um, and really being at zero, if you don't have any external influence and if you don't have any connections, we're assuming that, you know, no one's going to send traffic uh, into your content that I really believe that starting with search-based content as a first move is uh, a really good idea. 
um, that is answering specific questions, reviewing specific products or teaching specific skills, um, or is maybe covering something that's trending or maybe <clears throat> you might teach something. You could be like five lessons I learned from Dave Ramsey or react to something that's searchable that could get you some of those initial views. So now let's assume you have one, two, 3,000 subscribers. Um, the, the difference of position that you're in um, and when we had, we had Daryl uh, on the video influencers uh, channel with the release of YouTube formula. And he was talking about, you know, these secret channels that he doesn't let anybody know what they are uh, and that their first move search and their second move is then to double down on the psychology of that audience and trying to get that click through rate, more recommendations, browse features, suggested play next. Because if you've got 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 subscribers, and you put out the right video on the right topic with the right title and the right thumbnail at the right time, then you could really go from search to recommendations <clears throat> and scale to 10,000 pretty quick. If that made sense, that would be my approach to accelerate once you get that initial base of subscribers uh, on your channel. You know, I just want to uh, bounce a little something off of what Sean said, because literally I see this all the time. And uh, 48 hours ago in the Tube Ritual community, which is a big community on Facebook with something around 24,000 YouTubers. So, so many YouTubers are being exposed to ideas about how to get views. And often what I hear is search and then they're suggested. And uh, it's interesting to me because the easiest traffic source often comes with this baggage, oh, search isn't really that great. And I think the, the reason that happens is that stems from the idea is the real re way to blow up is suggested. And I agree with that. I'm not going to say that's not true. But the fact of the matter is the likelihood that you can go, imagine you're playing a video game. You, you, you know how you, you get started with the game on the first level? You don't have a clue. You're bumping into the walls. You don't know about the controller. You're like, you're... A, a newbie you're at ground zero and if you think you can jump on youtube and you've published 11 or 12 videos and then you're trying to uh figure out and strategize how to get your videos recommended when you haven't even gotten into search yet you got another thing coming <laughs> you got okay whoops rock and roll too much rock and roll right there but it's true though like instead and i think what happens is a lot of YouTubers do hear that, oh, search is easier, and it is. I promise you, search is easier. And yet still, the majority of YouTubers will fail to get into search. So what do they think? Oh, it doesn't work, so I'll do this other thing. But like, if you're playing that video game, the first boss is get past YouTube search. You ain't even going to the next level until mm. you pass that boss. The YouTube's, I'm, I'm, if anybody makes this video, because I will find you and I will take you down. <laughs> but like, I mean, really, if you think about it like that, as this is a, a level boss, you have to get past and master. And it's just so much easier. And the thing I want to add to this, and then I'll, I'll, I'll step back and just relax a, a little bit, is that the more you know and understand exactly what the viewing audience wants, the easier it is to give the value they want. And when you look at a search term that's like Halloween costume, oh, that, that makes sense. I'll make a video about Halloween costumes. Well, what if it's a woman and you've got a Dracula costume? Fail. What if it's uh, someone that's looking for a witch costume? 
and it's a, a thinny, a thin, sexy thing, and someone's looking for a plus size costume. Fail. But instead, if you choose a keyword phrase that's based on candy corn plus size witch costume, you know exactly what that person is is looking for, and that's kind of kind of some of the marketing experience that I came in with, and I really leveraged. It applies exactly to YouTube because a lot of the keywords, when you go deeper, they're very descriptive and they give you a really great idea on what the viewing audience wants. And then you're gonna be more likely to create that content that resonates with them, that they value. And then they're gonna do all the things. They're gonna subscribe, they're gonna watch another video. So the easiest way, in my opinion, is to leverage the power of keyword phrases and learn how to reduce the competition. It's not about I use this tool and I get views. It means you can reduce the competition, compete with fewer YouTubers, and then it's easier to publish a video with the metrics that are good enough because everything comes from the metrics, really. So I, I better stop talking. I'm just so good at it. <laughs> Everyone's and loving the gaming reference, by the way, in the chat area, which I also, I also <laughs> like that too. Yeah, well, one thing that um, that I wanted to bring attention to um, that Brian was talking about in terms of search is like the difference is when somebody is looking for something on YouTube, they're literally looking for the content that you made. That's why it's a little bit easier to show up in search or to get traffic from search because people are looking for the content that you made. The challenge from the other features is that you have to get good. And this is what Brian was talking about. And correct me if I'm wrong in, in how I'm kind of recommunicating this, Brian. Um, but the, the reason that he was talking about, you know, getting past search first is because when you can get that response from search, you're basically proving that, okay, for the people that are looking for my stuff, I can get them to respond to it. And then from there, you have to take it a step further and say, okay, now that I can get people to respond from search, what I'm trying to do next is I have to learn how to get people to respond to my content that wasn't looking for my content, to where YouTube just showed it to them because they thought that they might be a good fit for what it is that I made. And then you have to start working on getting them to respond from there. That's why we're always talking about, you know, when you're putting your content together, literally just stop for a second. Um, when you're putting your packaging together with your with your title and thumbnail, sit back and just say to yourself, okay, for the people that I'm trying to reach, if they were to have this show up, if they're just scrolling through their phone, right? And they're, it's showing up on their, their uh, homepage feed as they're scrolling through, like, what is it about my thumbnail that would cause that person to stop um, on my thumbnail? And that would cause them to say, oh, what's this? And they would either click right there immediately or to where they would drop down to your title. And then what is it about your title that would cause that person to say, okay, yeah, this video is for me. I'm clicking into this, right? So like just looking at it and sitting back and, and just kind of disconnecting from putting all of it together and, and literally defining what is it about this that would make the people that I'm trying to reach care about this? Um, just that by itself, you know, can get you a long way in terms of getting people to click from the other features as well. Um, so next question that we have here says, in addition to vlogs, what are some great ways Super to get better views with talking head videos that educate folks about their career? So in addition to vlogs, great ways to get uh, better views with talking head videos that educate folks about their career. So right out of the gate, I would say if you're educating folks about their career, um, right there, you know, you're you're a step ahead because that gives you content that's easily discoverable. Because if you're helping them, if you're helping to educate them about their career, you're helping them solve problems with what it is that they're doing. So because of that, you know, leveraging search is a great way to do it. And also, like if you look at any of our channels, anybody that's here on screen right now. 
Um, if you, with the exception of Benji's uh, vlog channel with his wife, because um, theirs is a little bit of a different approach. But like, if you look at any of our content, because we do something similar in terms of we have, you know, a certain group of people that we're trying to help solve a very specific set of problems. Um, basically, you can look at how we t uh, title our, our structure, our titles. You can look at the types of things that we do with our thumbnails, and you can use those as just ideas for, you know, things that you can apply to what it is that you're doing um, to, you know, help your community solve the problems that they're having. So like, you know, where I might say YouTuber in something, then you would replace that for, you know, the specific career that you're trying to, you know, help people, um, you know, get results with, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I would start with doing that type of thing. But in terms of getting more views, just think, you know, you can use um, uh, TubeBuddy, you can use, you know, keywords everywhere. There's a bunch of tools out there that will help you, um, you know, find, you know, the things that people are looking for the most. And you can also look and see the things that have lower amounts of competition as well. And by doing that research, like um, Benji had mentioned that Sean mentioned to him before, that was almost confusing. But, <laughs> but, but when you're doing that type of research, you know, kind of uncovering what is it that people are looking for related to career advice um, that doesn't have a ton of people making videos about it to where I might be able to go in um, and target this specific term and make content about that. But, you know, at the end of the day, even if you're targeting correctly in terms of, you know, like, hey, I've got this problem I'm helping people solve and, you know, I'm doing all these things, you also still have to make sure that, you know, the the thumbnails and titles that you're making are, are something that people would want to click on. And once they click on it, you also have to make sure that what you're delivering through the video content is also resonating with them as well. Because if it's not, then in that case, it doesn't matter what you do, then you're, you know, the, the views won't increase very much because you, you, you have a fail point in what it is that you're doing. So because of that, you know, just think through like, okay, this is what I'm trying to help them solve, but through trying to help them solve this, and that's the actual topic, like starting with when they first see my video, what is the entire experience somebody has with my content going from I'm clicking on this to I'm watching this video and I'm and break it down into sections if you want to I'm also engaging with the content to I've gotten to my end screen. Now what I'm going to, what am I going to do on my end screen to try to hand them off to another piece of content that they would care about? Not a piece of content like, Hey, I just want them to see this video, but a piece of content that they would actually care about. And just thinking about that entire flow of how people can move through your content uh, as well. And Tameka, I'm looking at your channel, Hey HR, and I think all of us could benefit from this. If you've already posted 20, 30, 40, 50 videos, just look at your top performing videos. Um, we say success leaves clues, so make part twos. And your top two videos were on SHRM certified content, the Society for Human Resources, I believe, something like that, or Human Res uh, Resource Management. Uh, your third most popular video has 431 views. Then it goes to 2,000 and 2,500. So I, then I ask, okay, can I talk more about the HR certificate versus the SHRM? Um, and maybe not just a part two. Can I make 10 parts on that? Can I go really deep on this thing that has been working and that is directly related to HR, which you're helping people with? Um, and so for everybody watching, if you've got some content out there, what are your top most viewed videos? And sometimes that could be deceiving because your top most video, you, you know, you're talking about HR. Your top video is like when you went to Disneyland four years ago and it keeps getting views. Well, that actually could be a hindrance. But what are your top performing videos that are attracting the right audience that shows a niche within a niche within a niche that you can maybe double down on? Success leaves clues. Make part twos. I love that. And uh, yeah. I just want to say it's really nice to see Sean and Benji on the stream today. And 
And for me, you know, I, I have never, ever like said, Hey, Nick, share the link. But, you know, me and Nick have been pals for a really long time. And, and it's cool that you can do that. And I think it, it comes at a certain point where you know, say, Hey, it would be great to be on, on your stream today and haven't connected with community. And that's just kind of what I was feeling. I want to add a little bit to what Sean just said, which is, I think the more you honor what the audience wants and you understand that, the easier it is to get them to like you, which is kind of the, the gig. So when I started back in the day, I, I had a lot of experience on uh, domain names and WordPress and making money online and driving traffic and understanding keywords. And I remember I was building out my first product, which what does that have to do with like videos and whatnot? Well, I started with what do they really want? And they wanted to, first they wanted to make money. That, that's the number one thing. I want to make more money, but I, I didn't have a lot of that, but I looked at, well, what, what do I have? Well, I, I had views. I had a lot of views and you have to get views to make money. So I built out a product around that and I led with that, which is basically we're talking about proof. Things like proof and social credibility are extremely important because it makes it easy for the audience to know that what you have is what they want. So one of the things you may want to do is when you're thinking about a specific topic around business is get really clear on what the audience wants and then tell a story. And, and make it accessible. You know, I, I, I'm just getting started or maybe I've been doing this a really long time. I call that playing your hand. And a lot of people think, well, I can't play my hand. I'm a newbie. You know how many newbies are out there? And you just say, well, here's the thing. You know, I don't have a lot of experience, but if I can do this, you can too. In fact, check it out. The, these are my results. And I drove all this traffic by leveraging this secret strategy. And I want to tell you what that is. So when you get clear on what is the thing that they want and you incorporate that into your video and early, then they're going to be more likely to watch because you're demonstrating that you're where they want to be. So uh, social proof and, and proof in itself is so very powerful and use that to your advantage. The, the trick for me is to do it in a way that is not over the top with too much ego. I see some people that do that. It's kind of a a little bit of a, a balancing act there, but very powerful. Well, Good I just, I'll add one more thing. Uh, you know, when I think of helping people with their career, you can either be great or good in a broad topic or be the best in a small niche. So one strategy is maybe serve a specific audience that's in a specific career. So maybe in the tech field or look at your background. What, what's your history? What can you speak to? We recently interviewed someone named Ben Kaiser on Video Influencers, and he went into the tech space as a graphic designer reviewing laptops for other graphic designers. So he's going to talk the the uh, the talk that other graphic designers are looking for he's reviewing parts of the laptop that they care about because that's he saw in the when other tech youtubers are reviewing laptops they would totally skip over maybe the graphics card or you know like how the keyboard works or whatever so speaking to a specific crowd sometimes will give you that little edge because too many of us are trying to be everything for everyone versus being like the perfect person for this one viewer. And sometimes when you go small, you go big. 
I know that one of the things that um, made Sean stand apart was the fact that he was talking to very early YouTube creators, right? Not just photographers or videographers that were just generally working to shoot weddings or do these projects. Like he was talking to the people that were like the one man band that not only were shooting their photos and editing, but doing it for media, for YouTube, for social media. So who is it that you can speak to specifically better than anybody else? And then you might find a lot more traction with those people and then introduce yourself to a, a broader audience uh, as time goes on. That was awesome. So really, so really quick, um, somebody mentioned in here, um, let's see here, Dimebag Darren Lowe says, where can I see a count of the number of actual videos on my account? Um, so a really quick way to do this where you can see it on any YouTube account is if you just go to socialblade.com, um, there you can put in a name, you can put in your name or anybody else's name, and then you can see how many uploads that they have on their YouTube channel, or at least how many public uploads that they have uh, on their YouTube channel. You can also um, just search your own channel on YouTube and then it, the, the, the channel will show you the video count right next to the subscriber count without even leaving the platform. There we go. And um, next up on our list, we have, um, I'm running a boxing YouTube channel. My content is in English, but mostly Tagalog, Filipino language videos. Um, any tips on how I can avoid copyrights? I'm using my voice as a commentary. First off, um, personally, I would recommend that you um, only make your videos in one language. I know a lot of Filipinos um, speak English as well. Mm -hmm. um, however, I would do one or the other. And the reason that I would do one or the other is because if you're speaking English in some and you're speaking Tagalog in others, then you might have some people that are not Filipino that come in and they interact with your content thinking that it's in English. And then when you publish a video, they're like, hey, you know, I love this content creator. I watch anything they put out. They click on one of your videos where you speak in Tagalog. And then when they come into that, um, because they can't understand it, then they end up leaving. So because of that, I would just, I would pick one and I would roll with that. Um, in terms on avoiding copyright, um, I would just not use anything unless, unless you have the rights to it. That's always the safest way to go. Um, but if you are trying to do other things, you just want to make sure that it falls under fair use. And when I say that, I say it um, loosely because, you know, like, um, when it comes to fair use, uh, I recommend you contact a copyright attorney. And I know that, you know, for a lot of people that might be a little bit, uh, you know, kind of over the top, but I do recommend it because in the event that you are, you know, taking the wrong approach, you could end up, you know, getting yourself in trouble because of it. Um, so I would recommend that instead of saying, Hey, do this. Um, I recommend that you uh, actually contact a copyright attorney. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, any advice um, for Disney live streamers? I'm having issues growing because of the larger channels. Hmm. So for live streamers. So um, just as a heads up. So when it comes to growing on YouTube, and I would love everybody else's thoughts on this as well. But when it comes to growing on YouTube, um, the larger channels, of course, um, get a lot of traffic. But the reason they get a lot of traffic is because they've went through the process of learning, you know, what it is that people respond to, things like that. And they make content, you know, for their audience. And in addition to that, um, you know, established content creators, when they publish videos, YouTube already has a ton of information on the users of the platform that are likely to enjoy that content, things like that for, you know, that particular channel. Whereas when you're just getting started, it might seem like a bigger hill to climb especially when you see these other channels getting a lot of these views, but then you're not getting as many. So one thing that I just want you to know is that when you are doing your live streams or when you're publishing videos, don't look at like the biggest channels in your space and think that they're taking all the traffic because they are 
getting a lot of traffic. However, that does not mean that you can't carve out a place and that the same people that are watching their content, or at least some of those people will come and watch your content as well. Um, and then in that case, it actually ends up falling on you in terms of, you know, you being able to hold people's attention in your live stream and all of that. So one thing to think about is that if you're just doing, you know, live streams, um, which is fine, you know, you can grow channels that way. But if you're just doing live streams, just make sure that, you know, you're titling things correctly, that it's not just, you know, like Disney live stream, for example, you know, that you're titling things in a way, look at look, the channels that you're talking about that are taking the, um, that are, that not taking the traffic, but the larger channels, you know, look at how it is that they're titling their videos in order to get people to respond look at what it is that they're doing with their thumbnails. And if they're actually live streaming as well, pay really close attention to what it is that they're doing, because there's a really good chance that for the established channels that they're actually paying attention to, hey, if we walk around for X amount of time and the camera's shaking, um, then, you know, we see people dropping off during that time. So because of that, we only walk around for this amount of time, then we stop and talk to the camera for a bit, and then we move on, those sorts of things. So pay really close attention to what it is that they're doing in their streams and how they're putting their stuff together as well. Any additional thoughts on that? I mean, I'd say this also maybe encourages, should encourage all of us, just check your stats. I know you want to grow faster, legitimate question, we all do. But when I'm looking at your stats with vidIQ, um, your, you, you had 163 new subscribers and that's 2% growth. You have 164% growth in views. So sometimes we we're, we'll even say, we're like, I'm not growing. It's like, you actually are growing. Like it's, so the thing is, maybe not fast enough for your own perception. It's maybe like Brian said, managing expe expectations. But uh, my advice is considering different content formats. But what you may have found with live streaming is that this is sustainable. You go to the park, you're walking around, you're streaming for two hours, three hours, you're walking people with you. You're done when you're done. There's no video editing to be done. And if you're okay with getting the results that you're getting now, they're not terrible results. You are growing, it just might be a long slog. If you want to trigger significant growth, though, in my opinion, I would add to your strategy different mm -hmm. content formats. And specifically, that would actually be shorter videos. Video. Um, it is interesting that your top, uh, the only videos that cross a thousand views were not three hours or two hours. You have a couple longer ones, 24 minutes and 27, and a YouTube short, nonetheless, that's already got uh, 1,500 views. So to me, that tells me, could you do some kind of listicle videos or like three secrets you didn't know about this particular thing as a means of meeting new people and attracting, getting that subscriber count up, up with the chance that some of those people want to subscribe, want to go along for the tour, want to go live for the live stream. Um, and that just might take some thoughtfulness to go into the you know park or plan some videos out make some search-based videos or even videos of, around the newest updates, the newest features to the park. When you're the first one that drops the five things you need to know about the newest thing that's in Magic Kingdom or whatever, then you start triggering some real growth and that might take, it will take some editing. It will take some pivoting or whatever it is, uh, but consider other content formats. And I think all of us could benefit. Stretch yourself. If you haven't live streamed, consider trying it. I'm interested what Nick has learned from live. Like Nick is the live stream master. Like he's he's got more endurance than anyone in the entire space with three, four, five, six hour streams <laughs> weekly. Uh, that's a different content format. Some people are doing shorts. Some people are doing. And I think when we, even if we just mix up our routine, we actually give ourselves a, a new creative outlet. It kind of mm -hmm. maybe causes our brain to create new creative synapses and neural pathways. And it may lead to a new discovery that triggers a whole new dimension of growth on our channel 
by messing with different time lengths, video formats, and content formats. In addition to that, I would love to add that, um, you know, like it's really easy for us as content creators to kind of get stuck in our own space as well um, in terms of the content that we consume. In addition to, you know, what Sean had mentioned there, um, also like look at other channels as well. Like if you're trying to flex creatively and just come up with new ideas and, and have some new input, you know, watching other content creators that are way outside of your niche, clicking on some stuff, even if you have like a separate YouTube account, so it doesn't mess up, you know, your main viewing experience, um, but have another account so you can go and you can look at other channels that you might not normally ever click on just to see like how are they putting this together is there you know are they doing something cool in their video or something unique in their video um, that I might be able to be inspired by or stack on top of to make it better or just you know implement what it is that they're doing um, in order to make a bigger impact on what it is that I'm doing um, so you know that sort of thing can also be uh, advantageous so on that note, I want to thank um, uh, Benji, Brian, Sean for hanging out in the live stream today. Everybody that came on to the stream, everybody that's been hanging out here, thank you so much for um, participating in the live stream. I hope that you got some value from this. Um, one thing that I want to remind you of, and I say this at the end of every stream, is you know there's a lot of information that comes out during these live streams. We talk about tons of different stuff, and anything that resonated with you, I know in some cases, you know there might be some of you that are like, hey, I've got you know all of this stuff. Like I got to do all these things. Um, I encourage you to just focus on like a thing or two so that you can, you know, really get an understanding of that thing or two and then move on from there instead of trying to just, you know, come in and just brute force apply everything um, so that you can, you know, just kind of build your skills as you go along with all of it, all everything it is that you're doing. So um, I encourage you to do that. And everybody um, have an awesome rest of your week. Again, for all the dads out there, happy Father's Day to <laughs> you. And uh, we will see you next time.